Hello and welcome to season three of Story Dude Experience. I'm Jack Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster and host of the program. And this is a brand new exciting season. We're simply titling it the Wells Era here on the Spider Experience. Tonight is going to be one of the biggest episodes we've ever done just because of the amount of panelists we're going to have on tonight. I am so excited to have everybody on. Before we get started, I want to mention and thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. Vigman, Scott, Greg, Jorgen, Felician, Georgia, and Kale, thank you all for your contributions to the Spidey Radio Network. They go a long way into ensuring that this show continues to have the success it's had, and all of our shows here on the Spidey Radio Network continue to thrive. Shows such as Make Mine Mayday, the show all about the MC2 and Spider-Girl's world, and Maze Spider-Man Classic Season 2 about Spider-Man from the different perspectives from the beginning. Uh, the uh, Legacy Numbers uh, Episode 0 and, or, excuse me, Season 2 Volume uh, uh, Number 0 and vo- Number 1 are out now. Uh, we also have our newest show here on the network, the Sound Yosemite Era Podcast. You'll learn more about that in just a moment. Of we also have Voices from the Eerie of Dog Worlds Podcast with all sorts of fantastic guests. Do not check that show out. If you're not, if you're a Gargoyles fan, trust me, you're going to love it. It has Greg Bachansky, uh Jennifer L. Anderson, and Greg Wiseman on every episode nearly. Uh, and it's just so great. Speaking of Greg Wiseman and Greg Bachansky, we've also got our show Spectacular Radio, all about the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. So, with that, we'll get started with our show here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Spidey Dude Experience Episode 01. Of season three. On. Oh, my sound is gnarly. Okay, is it better now? Hopefully. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Comics uh, in our chat says, uh, I, I forgot to mention CSC. We got the final episode of CSC coming out uh, soon. Uh, speaking of awesome people, we got Neil, Bogan Rider. Neil, the host oh. of Bogan Rider Variety Hour, but also something we're going to be talking about later. Yeah, we got some more announcements to come later. Uh, next up, we've got Chris. From Who I didn't prepare a graphic for. It's okay. <laughs> Hello, Chris. Hey. Uh, Chris is our host of the Salby Sema Era Spectacular Spider-Man show. So, hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. What is up? Also, hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hello, Comics. Next up, we have the host of Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. And Spectacular Radio, Greg XB. Great recording with Keith David tonight. Yeah, you recorded with your... Hmm? When are we going to hear that one? June 29th. June 29th. Yeah, or the 24th. Let me double check. Um, The only show we have an ETA on. (laughs) 24th, yes. June 24th. Well, we've plotted out the schedule for the rest of the year, assuming everything keeps going well. Knock on wood. Next up, he is the host of the Comics Binge YouTube channel. I am so excited to be part of his Spider-Man Council. If you've not checked that episode out, it's really a lot of fun. He is P-Thug himself, yes. Paul Herman. Hello. Uh, I'm about to bring you guys all back to the 90s. Uh, anybody ring a bell? Huh? Huh? Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I remember, oh. I remember, I remember the time they tried to relaunch that before COVID. That was not a good time. I there's there's a graphic novel I need to buy because the 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 Daily Bugle stuff. I haven't read this. I've only read I've only read this issue when I was like Neil's age, probably. I don't know, but uh, no, I, I was way younger than you, Neil. Uh, but anyway, uh, but this thing is interesting. Um, I, I've just been messing with my, my, my thing here. I'm just going, oh, yeah, for, for these issues. This is very 90s. Very, very 90s. Very 90s. So, anyway, and thank you. Finally, uh, our final participant, at least in the initial intro, Javi will be on later uh, from Amazing Spider-Man Classics. But we have Adam, volume six, number one. Hello, Adam. He's the artist. Hey. Yeah, it was uh, it was a wild weekend, and I I must have nuked the timeline or something because now all of a sudden I've I've been rebooted, so it's supposed yeah. to be legacy numbering thirty one, but I I'm back to number one too. I don't know what happened. You've been re you've been relaunched for sales hype, probably. I don't know. <laughs> so we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, to start off. We're going to talk about a movie that uh, everyone has seen. It's taken the world by storm. It's the highest grossing movie of all time with a 240% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Morbius the Living Vampire, starring Jared Leto. Um, I just got to say, Zach, you, you wanted to give your thoughts on this issue. We'll lead into what Chris has to say before afterwards. But, Zach, you saw Morbius uh, this weekend. What, how did you feel about it? I can tell you, first of all, if my wife was in this room right now, she absolutely, positively, completely, and utterly hated it. <laughs> it was horrendously bad uh, for her. Uh, for me, it was the most me it was the most 2005 comic book movie that I've seen since 2005. Does that um, include X Men Three? That it was very X Men three like for me. Uh, it was very very frustrating. It was, see, the thing is, is that because of the scheduling of the book, we intended on, um, early, you know, starting our our third season sooner and having a couple of issues out, but because of the the, the shipping kind of becoming wonky, uh, and I say wonky, it's coming out like monthly for the, the next few months. What a gee! What a shock after it being basically weekly. But Morbius was so oh, mediocrely bad. Um, there's a reason this was pushed seven times. We speculated it, you know, on the show, but it was very, very uh, just the fact that I paid money to watch it um, was was pretty hard. I did it. I did it honestly, truly, and really. I wasn't going to watch theaters, but then <laughs> I, it, I haven't it. seen it. I'm not going to go see it. But again, another plug for my po podcast. We had a guest on who happened to also be one of the animators on Morbius, as well as Spider Man No Way Home. And if you want to hear some of his very candid opinions on how the movie turned out. Tune oh, in on no. June 10th for Voices from the Eerie Her Brother's Keeper with animator Roy Sato. Yeah, so there's that to look forward to. Um, I'm just going to say this. I, I, I watched it for Kevin and Kevin. You're going yeah, to eventually... Matt in the chat's asking what our what, uh, esteemed Spidey Dude veteran Kevin Cushing thought of this movie. You know what? As a matter of fact, I have it on a textbook. Oh boy! 
actually listen. I had to reach out to Kevin because I was like, okay, world's uh, biggest Morbius fan. You can't you can't skip that. Yeah, he's the biggest Morbius fan I know. And I said, um, so where is it at? So, um. <laughs> buddy, I wanted to like the movie. This is what I sent him. Buddy, I wanted to like the movie for you, but I can't. <laughs> he goes, okay. I enjoyed it. Didn't see what everyone's big problem is. That's all I care for. If you, the Morbius fan, enjoyed it, then my opinion doesn't matter. He enjoyed it as a Morbius <laughs> So that is that is what the uh, what Kevin Cushing thought. I didn't think so, it and was. And I said to him, and I, I said didn't to him, I'm glad he liked it because the world's biggest Morbius fan should enjoy finally getting a Morbius movie, even if yeah, I have a different opinion. There's, there's no reason to... Now, now his sentiments on Ben Riley are very similar to mine. Um, and so... Oh, yeah. yeah his, he, has, he has opinions on Ben Riley. <laughs> wow. Monica, um, ben, that, Kevin, wow, you can watch me anytime wait, and come on the show wait, and talk to me. Second. Wait a second, Paul. You mean a, a show that has Ben Riley's Spider-Man symbol as its emblem? Has opinions on Ben Riley the character? No, 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 not. I'm talking about Kevin, not, not, not a, uh, not. Oh, I already know uh, Zach there guy. Might, there might have been what you would call a spat on Twitter. It wasn't even a spat. Mm. It was just I, I made a comment, and he made a comment back, and I went okay, and then I finished it. <laughs> so. Anyway, yeah, Paul. Paul and I have done that a couple of times. It's all no, good. It, Greg. It, for the record, Greg, you've never been remotely as 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 anything remotely offensive to me. So make that very clear. So you're you are always in the. I've never had an ill thought towards you, and I promise, swear in my life, I've never thought that you're you're a sweet guy. I no problem. I disagree with everybody. Nice. Every everyone, everyone knows that, and I have I love disagreeing with people, not just to be spiteful, but just because it's it's just like it's good to get like different opinions and like interact. You know, yeah. that's how we everybody, that's how we grow as people. Except, everybody except me is wrong. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, it, it's, no, yeah, it's not it's, your opinion. That's not, that's it's, not, that's it's, not it's, your opinion. It's, that's right, just, it's right, like what I keep right, saying right. to people. It's like what I keep saying to people. Don't get out of your bubble sometimes and see other viewpoints for everything. Right. It's it's very true. So, um, but um, just, just, uh, oh, sorry. Um, there is something Morbius related that I want to turn it over to Chris. I was going to say my opinions about Morbius. I'll wait till Chris well, is and, going. And then oh, we'll here, get here, to here. the opinions. I just yeah. want to let Chris be but, able but, to. But, Chris is on a deadline, so we want to make sure he gets his bit out before yes. he's forced to run away. So, Chris, sure. uh, take it away, man. Um, so, <clears throat> Neil, if you want to pull up the image I sent you uh, in a bigger way better. so they can see it, otherwise all they see is my little icon. Um, That's all they need to see. <laughs> <laughs> so, theatrical movie posters are like 26 by like 37 or something like that and i have four of the morbius uh giant movie posters that uh theaters would hang in the front of their light boxes made of this black reinforced cardboard that allow you to really like stand them up and uh sony through their marketing team sent me about six of them i have four left and we're giving them away here on all of the spider dude uh networks if you want one they're free. You just have to pay for the uh, shipping and uh, handling. So yeah, we are giving them away. If you want one, let us know. We will uh, hook. You know, we you just got to pay the shipping and handling, um, and, and and we'll go from there. That's uh, 
that is our promise to you guys. So this is you. You, t- you too can be part of the history of the movie that grossed four hundred trillion dollars on opening day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, Chris, how did you procure these things? Give us everybody a little bit of your background and, uh, and um, temp your uh, your show here on the network. Yeah, I do a, a radio show in Worcester, Massachusetts for the last uh, 15 years, and I have uh, contacts in the um, uh, marketing teams for uh, the major film studios, so they send me stuff like this uh, quite often. Uh, like, we have Doctor Strange posters as well. And I was showing Neil off air a bunch of really weird oddball stuff for films like The Lighthouse, which starred Rebecca Hall that came out last year. She's going to be one of the stars of the upcoming Indiana Jones 5 next year. Nice. It pays to be it pays to be in radio, doesn't it? Like Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, like it pays in dividends in some weird ways. Like this Saturday, I'll be at a convention called Monster Expo. Um I like to call it babysitting their table, but uh, hanging out all day with uh, uh, another comic book icon, uh, uh, <coughs> X Men Sabretooth Tyler Maine and I will be together. Oh yeah, Sunday. Nice. He was, he was robbed, man. I loved his Sabretooth. Yes, much better than um, Cotton Weary from the Scream movies. I forgot the actor's <laughs> name. No, 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 hold on a second. Lev would have been totally fine if he actually was given like a better film. I like I like I like I Lev too. I agree. You, you mean you mean you mean uh, you know the, the script was not good in X Men Origins Wolverine. But um, yeah. why do I uh, why do I plug <laughs> my my show real quick in our upcoming guest, which is still a mystery until it's recorded. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zach knows who is, Zach knows who it is, but I'm not announcing it until it's actually recorded. But uh, the spectacular Sal Basama era podcast was carried over from another network. I have 35 already recorded episodes. They'll be uploaded uh, every other week on Monday uh, with the help of Zach until all that uh, nonsense is completely straightened out. Uh, we've had uh, we've got a uh, pretty decent guest coming on uh, from the book that Sal Basama did. This is during his time and era of the spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, issue like 134 all the way till basically the Clone Saga. Once I hit the Clone Saga, I'm done because there's a whole other fucking show you can you can listen to that covers the Clone Saga. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. So I'm not doing it past. Um, I think I'm not doing it past the Scorpion story leading into the Clone Saga. So yeah, yeah <laughs> I, no I think it's uh, Spec 215. Final final I think, issue. I think Sal wrapped on Spec around what 215. Is that, no, is right. that knowledge correct? No, 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 he went a little further in. Or yeah, two fifteen, right? No, he he wrapped um uh, two thirty. He had wrapped after the death of Aunt May. Yeah, he he wrapped up. Uh, his final issue was uh, Spec two thirty seven. Uh, oh, okay. Middle of the Lizard arc with Ben Riley that Kadazaga wrote. Yeah, uh, the the one with the uh, the dinosaur man, right? Yeah, it was a dinosaur lizard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just before the and that wasn't story. by Zeb Wells. Yeah. yeah. Peter was like dying in bed, and he dies for an issue, and then he comes back the next issue. After yeah. That, the chat. Yeah. That that whole story where Peter Parker died for literally five minutes. Um, <laughs> like literally, he was dead for a week. <laughs> That's how long he was dead. <laughs> right. And 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 uh, Mary Jane crying in Ben Riley's arms, whereas like. The last storyline beyond, she's like, you know, how dare you? You want to take his life away? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so we we've got the Sabi Sima era podcast. It was on another podcast network. We're 
we're bringing it back. We're going to for these next few months. We're going to you know re-release all the episodes. So if you've never for Zach's on an episode, Kelly from Mayday Podcast is on an episode. We've got uh, other podcasters on episodes with us. Um, we've got nobody from the book except for one person I did reach out to who will remain nameless. And I'll tell you who it is off air. Zach uh, said, uh, "You know what? I don't want to talk about that. In fact, I'm not a big fan of my time at Marvel, so don't contact me again." Oh, wow. oh whoa! Damn. Oh, snap. Yeah. And I'll tell you who that is off air, Zach. Yeah, that's <laughs> Spencer. No. <laughs> I understood that reference. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let me keep recycling spec pages. I'm out of so, here. <laughs> but the person who is coming on, uh, who I am recording with this Sunday, um, he seems very happy and chipper to talk about his entire, uh, excuse me, his entire time working on uh, that entire era of the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it, it, um, <clears throat> let's just say uh, he was pitched a lot of stories, including the Clone Saga. That's all I'm, and it's not the Falco. Right, and we'll have uh, JMD Mateus back on my show. He came on my radio show a while back uh, to talk about, actually, what's funny enough, he came on to talk about the exact same thing he's going to talk about on the Sal Basama era podcast, uh, which was like his darker take on a lot of stories, including Craven's Last Hunt and The Child Within, which we get into a deep dive on The Child Within and all of its really icky, icky stuff. Yeah, like I say, you know, I've known Chris for, God, we, we know each other probably a decade or more through Crawl Space, I think. And so, yeah, four or, four or five years. Yeah. It seems like a decade, Chris. <laughs> Back but, when you came on to talk about the horrors of Spider-Man, I was doing a whole horror block of shows involving Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. And yes. the Superman the Superman show, I got Mike Carlin to come on to, for, which is very hard to do because he's all wrapped up in DC, like, don't talk to anybody, kind of, uh, you know, red tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that the one that I did the Malcolm McDowell impression? Yes. Yes. Okay. might have been, the, but you weren't on with Carlin. You were on with like the spider thing. Yeah, we, it was just you and me, I think, on that one. Right. Wait, Carlin and I talked about like all sorts of supernatural things Superman has fought, and uh, it was like on the cusp of the the, the the anniversary of the death of Superman. Um, and um, what was the other thing we talked about? Oh, how hot Satana was. She's a villain of Superman's. Not Satana. Blaze. Blaze. Sorry. Blaze. Blaze. Yeah. Who I always keep saying that I would love if, uh, and I've, I've, I've. I've messaged uh, the actress this saying that you need to get your agent on to get you on Superman and Lois because I think you'd be the perfect casting for Blaze and that's Julia Landau. She has a Cheshire cat like smile like the way Blaze does and right. I would love it. Priscilla if they brought Buffy. demonic supernatural stuff on Superman and Lois once they're done with the Bizarro storyline. Nice. Wasn't she Drusilla on um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes, she was uh, Drusilla. Yes. I don't I don't know yeah, why, but every time you mentioned Blaze, I thought of Volcana. Uh, speaking of Superman related stuff, check out uh, Man, she was voiced by Ross from Frasier. Yes, yes, definitely. But hey, I gotta go. Uh, but uh, if anyone wants a, a copy of this amazing Morbius poster, you can message the uh, network and or message me directly at that radio horror at gmail.com. Anyone and everyone from the network is invited on the show once we start hitting episodes we haven't recorded yet. The next episode that is supposed to be recorded is. Uh, the three-part Outlaws Avengers crossover. 
Oh, nice. Ooh. But that will be for probably about three or four months. <laughs> but hey, Chris, nice to finally meet you. I we've I know we've talked a little bit on the on the group chat. So yes, nice definitely. Oh, face. I love your uh, spinner rack or whatever the hell that is. That comic uh, rack. It's yes, definitely yes, a spinner I'm rack. A big, big, uh, Baltimore Orioles fan when Cal Ripken Jr. was uh, their uh, shortstop. I, there's a history behind this hat. I'm not. I'm, I'm not real an Orioles fan, but I, I like baseball. But there's a. There's, I have a story. But anyway, but I, I, will I, I will catch you all guys later. Maybe on the next live episode, I can stay on longer. All right. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Yep. Bye. See ya. Just call him Kurt. Maybe I. Oh, I thought you said Kurt. I might have by accident. I don't know. No, I thought I thought I said, I thought Zach said that. Kurt's Wagner, the amazing anyway, oh, have you talked? Have you talked with Shy Town? He's a huge White Sox fan. You guys. You guys should. I want to get you guys into a pit together. Does and see what if you come out first? What? I read this issue. Did He's right. oh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but since we're transitioning to announcements, since we're since we're on the announcements track, yeah. Go ahead. Um, and then I'm going to uh, um, finish the Morbius thought after that. Yeah. So since we're here, um, I need to find the. I need to find the picture. Hang on. Here we go. So on Patreon, I made a post um, detailing our roadmap for releases that were coming out. And among them was a podcast that I'm doing that is early patrons uh, available called Books of X. Uh, it will be covering uh, the Krakoan era of X-Men, Jonathan Hickman's celebrated yet controversial run on X-Men and the spinoff books around it. Um, after covering the... Uh, House of X Powers of Ten miniseries, the two series that are one, we'll be using the Dawn of X trades as a measuring point of how we're going to how we're going to uh, lay out each episode. Uh, season one will take place within Dawn of X. Uh, season two will be Reign of X, and season three will be Destiny of X, assuming we get around to that point. Um, I'll have my own handpicked crew. Some people from here might be on here, might be on. Some might not be. But the idea is to get like a full rounded panel to talk about their thoughts on each issue. But yeah, this is kind of my this is a this is a passion project that I've run by Zach. He gave it his full blessing, and it's a way for us to kind of shake up our output of content on the Patreon and give the patrons something early to chew their teeth on before it goes onto the main channel. And I'm kind of excited to see how this pans out. If he had said no to you about that after he had said yes to me, I would have kicked Zach's ass for you. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust I... me, we've we've got about we've got a bunch of ideas in the pipeline that we're kind of in the middle of the conceptual stage on, but this is kind of the first one that made it out the door. Yeah, and, and look, one of the things we've been trying to do is we've been trying to expand the scope of the network for a while. I mean, Voices from the Eerie was kind of that first salvo into that. And, you know, even though it's not part of the network, per se, Comic Binge is kind of, it's, it's, we're related. We it's an affiliate. Yeah. With each other. Yeah, for sure. And so that's kind of it, too. So, so, you know, knowing that Neil is passionate about this era of X Men, I'm like, do it. I mean, yes, there's a lot of X Men podcasts out there, but, you know, we want to give, continue to give things for our Patreon subscribers. Speaking of, uh, May 3rd, uh, it will be audio only, but if you want to see the video of me and 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 Gerard from formerly of Spectacular Radio, Clone Saga Chronicles, Mayday uh, Mondays, uh, talking about the first Raimi film, we do a commentary um, uh, talking about it. So that will be released May third. 
uh, as a special audio edition. It'll be on this channel uh, or on the audio channel of this show uh, available. Um, the video version will be available exclusively, though, on our patrons, for our patrons at patreon.com. We, rec- we, we recommend having um, the film, al- the watching the film alongside it for that kind of extra. Yeah, yeah no, we, we, the whole the whole point of it is, you know, we, you know, we tell we give you a countdown. We start the film and we kind of just talk while we're watching the film. Uh, it, it, a lot of com- a lot of good conversations, uh, especially Gerard's perspective, given that he was living in New York during 9/11 um, and its impact. There's a lot of you know you might have heard if you've not heard uh, you heard my uh, thoughts on the and during the No Way Home special, um, you know where I talk about it being a cultural touchstone, and, and it's very much it's the same thing. So I am uh, definitely uh, we definitely have a lot of fun. That's the first of many commentaries. There's going to be exclusive commentaries just for the patrons, but that's kind of our a little bit of our salvo, so to speak. Kind of the pilot of that. And, we'll have different and even if we make, and part of the kind of plan that we've had behind the scenes is even if the entire commentary is exclusive, we are down to have like certain component. Like, assume we can get the footage, com- like little clip shows of what we think are the highlights of each episode or of each movie or each episode's commentary on the uh, YouTube channel for people to listen to. I don't know why Zach's looking off. Like he's like concerned. Like he just set off like a tactical nuke oh, or something. But... <laughs> oh, okay. But um, Venkman, Venkman asks, would I be down to, for doing a commentary in 1986's Transformers movie? Yes, I would. Uh, I would too. Yeah, I would, I would too. too. Yeah, I, I think that like as soon as we could get a crew together, I think that that would be an excellent film for us to review. Even if it's not in the even if it's not in the Spidey Dude wheelhouse. Oh, for sure. I think we got we got enough people here that we could probably j- cram, jack cram out a commentary. I have seen that movie so many times. I know, Gregor, you're you're a huge huge Transformers fan, but I'm not as big as you. But I I'm a big G1 G1 fan. From like back in the day, I, I have a decent amount of knowledge of it. Not as I don't, not as much as probably you do, but I've yeah, G one Beast Wars animated a little bit of Prime and most of IDW. Oh, IDW! We, we need to do a we need to do a sideshow of talking about either the 2005 IDW continuity oh, or like the Marvel continuity. No, the no, Marvel no. The, the, fun also. the Mar- that would also be fun to talk about. But I'm talking about the one that that IDW did. It's yeah, it's extensive. I, I started yeah, it. It was cool. I, it just it's so much though, so much. More than meets the eye is worth it. I think, man. You have you read I, more than I, meets the eye? I, I, I've only read. I have like a bunch of the con. I started reading it back in the day, like or not back in the day, but like about a couple of years ago. I bought a couple of the omnibuses digitally, and I read like I want to say like the first omnibus of like, of like the chronological order. I read like the Megatron miniseries. which was really good. By the way. I love the Megatron. Oh, the, or, the, or, the origins one. Yeah. That's great. That was a great comic. I forgot who wrote if there's, that. If, if there's, I think I've recommended it to you before, but, la, but this is kind of for, for, for everyone that's listening. Last stand of the records. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Bonafide classic. Like if there's any transformers comic, you're going to read out of that continuity. It's last stand of the records. Right. The guy who did it, Nick Roche, he did the first three issues of the post-time skip New Year Vows comic. Mm, 
Okay. 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 And he's got right a on. long history of Transformers. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, so are we are we gonna do a quick little rundown about Morbius while Zach is reading? Yeah, Paul, give your thoughts on Morbius real quick while we're um waiting for Zach to do whatever. Well, I'm so glad you asked me. Uh because for those who don't know it that uh, on the MCU uh fan show. I haven't been able to give my thoughts yet because I'm not sure if uh, Sean's going to be watching it for a while. And so <laughs> before I give my uh -oh. deep dive, yeah, so this will be my first actual, like, you know, thoughts of, of public thoughts about Morbius. So, and I'm going to keep it brief because um, we have a lot to talk about, obviously. But I'm going to say that uh, is Morbius great? No. Is it horrible? Like everyone else is saying, like, oh, blah, 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 blah. no. It's Agree. it's it's whatever. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not great. It's not awful. It's just fine. It's I, people yep. talk about it, it's the worst. It's really weird the hype and the, the dog pile this movie this movie has gotten because everyone says it's bad. It's not. It's not good. I'm not gonna say it's great, but yeah. I've seen way worse. I mean, yeah. Did someone say it's the worst? I mean, I'd, I'd watch this over the the man thing movie. I mean, I'd watch this over. Uh, you know, over a number of movies. I'd watch this over Blade 3. I mean, straight up, Blade 3 is bad. I don't care how, if Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is in the movie. It's a terrible movie. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of movies I'd watch this over. But, you know, it's not really saying a whole lot either. So, I don't know. I, I Jared Leto, whatever. It's My biggest problem is Matt Smith was the best part of the movie. You know, I, to be honest, like I liked his character. He, he looked like he was it, having him, fun. Him, be, him being like an absolute weirdo was like hands down the best part of the movie. Right, right. And mm. the, the, the thing is, like, I don't, I don't know if if, 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 but here's a problem: if you have a vampire versus a vampire, why, why are you? It just gets too old and tiresome. Like when we keep in these movies like Venom and Morbius, yeah. where they're all faced in versions of each other. It's like let's yeah. actually do something different. You know, yeah. like why don't why why doesn't like Morbius take on like a, a bunch of gang people and they get like my friend talked about Jack O' Lantern. Like what if take a, just put Jack O' Lantern in the movie. You know, like do something stupid like that. Like something <laughs> so dumb and yeah. that might be more fun. I I don't know. It, it, but is it horrible? I don't think it's horrible. It's just not great. Yep. Yep. I haven't seen the movie, but I think part of the dog pile is just that people want to dog pile on Jared Leto because Jared Leto is a bit of a controversial guy guy due to his um acting methods. I mean, watch next Will Smith movie is gonna get dog piled regardless of quality just because of Slapgate. Well, and and to be fair, I think like Jared Leto is is he's a great actor. I mean, look, I mean he's do, he's on that Apple TV show that's doing awesome right now, and he's like the main actor. I mean, he's 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 a good actor. I think that he is. It, it's it's just sad because I think that you know he's he's done great work, and Morbius could be good. I think I, here's the one thing. Here's the big positive, and this is the biggest I think reason why you should watch it at some point is the actual like Morbius character where he's like on screen. It looks awesome. Yes, like, yeah. looks rad. Like yeah. if it was more Morbius and less Jared Leto, like actual yeah. like Jared Leto, and just mm -hmm. him as a vampire for most of the movie, which that's what I'd want to see. I think it's not that bad. Like if it would have pulled the the Batman and have it be Morbius the whole time for the most part, I think people might actually like it. it but you know what? Here's the thing too: people love to talk crap about these movies, and then later on, like, go, well, actually, we're kind of fun and ridiculous and kind of cool. Which I don't think this movie is like that. But a great example would be Spirit of Vengeance by the Ghost Rider movie. 
Everyone yeah. talked talk so much crap about that movie. And I remember when it came out, I was on a podcast back in, you know, which Marvel's fan show was, was originally in modern myth media. And it, it was following up uh, after green lantern came out. And I'll never forget. I was the only person on that panel that said, you know what? Cause everyone like wanted to like green lantern. And I said, dude, Spirit of Vengeance is a way better movie than Green Lantern. That movie's amazing. Like, I love that Ghost Rider. It's a terrible movie. Or it's not terrible. It's a grindhouse movie as with Ghost Rider. And, it, it, and, it's, it, it's so bad it's good type of situation. And I think it, it, it didn't take itself seriously. That was why. And, and I rewatched it recently and I'm like, it's so much fun. It's like, it's so ridiculous, but it's so good. So, anyway. Yeah. I mean, a, look, a, I, a, a part of that is, is that. And the modern internet, everything now is either the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. Agreed. There's a healthy middle, and I'm definitely in that middle. <laughs> All right. So, can I say, I, uh, shout out to the Morbius's fuchsia lining in his jacket. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, Mike's in the chat. He says, though I did find it hilarious that they ripped off the Bruce Wayne standing in the middle of a storm. The pillar of bats was really stupid. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that they was, made, that was, I don't know. The, no, that the was, that was, there was a little bit of try hard. The, the thing about the movie too is like the pacing is weird. I feel like it needed a yeah. little more room to breathe. That's how I kind of felt about Venom 2 also. Yeah. It's a little too short. See, I thought Venom 2 was perfect. I thought Venom 2, I mean, like, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, I thought it was a perfect length. It was fun. There's a couple things that I changed about it, but I felt like, I, I need to rewatch Venom 2, but I really liked it. I liked it better than the first one. I thought the first one was, was, wasn't was great, but it was also just, Tom Hardy's just so, like, charming in everything he does, and he's so good as any Brock and Venom that I, I just can't help but like it, even though it's bad. I kind of yeah. wish they'd given him, I kind of wish they'd given him, like, another lobster scene. They did. It's called the nightclub scene. Yeah, <laughs> the nightclub scene's so good. I haven't seen the movie, so like, uh, but I've seen like images of the the, the whole nightclub scene. And I have a whole like, rant on that. It's the it, the nightclub scene Grave alone. It, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, great venom. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. So, but but it is, it is pretty fun though. It just I don't know. It goes by so fast. I'm like, oh geez. Oh, and I want to say too the the thing about Morius, I think that is almost unforgivable. It's not. It's baffling actually. Is just the the mid credits stuff. It's so like, weird, dude. That is like that is you know the, the GIF of the guy turning his head with all the question marks. Like like Sony, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop, please. That was so weird. Why is he meeting Morbius in the middle of nowhere? It's <laughs> so weird. Why does he have his... Ah, it's so what weird. Doing? As if they literally... They literally... instead They, 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 they decided to cut the scene. Like, to me, if they had done... You know, if they had done a scene towards the beginning with Michael Keaton... And then had like him, you know, when he's in, when he was in prison, you actually have the scene that was in the tra in the credits, or in the, in, the credits, in the trailer. Like it would have been so much more cohesive. But no, something happened. They were like, if you haven't watched the trailer, you don't get these post credit scenes. It bizarre. My wife. Okay, here's the fun. Here, I gotta tell this story. My wife literally had to pee, got up during the last. <laughs> bit of the movie completely missed not only the ending of the movie but also the post credit scenes and literally she goes I didn't care I, she was so annoyed by the end of this it was just like no she was like no but uh, that brings us to our next topic 
speaking of no, there's a lot of people that are very upset about um, something that was announced. And let me... Uh, uh, actually, if you... You want to go to the Discord, uh, Neil? Yeah, send, send me what you tell me what you want me to send. No, just just pull up the uh, action figures. Oh, hang on, it's Javi. Hi, Javi. Hey. We have What's Javi. Up, Neil? The host. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> You're on. Spidey. I don't have a. I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a title card for you. So sweet sorry. action figure. Javi uh, doesn't need one. Right. He's just Javi. <laughs> Dude, hashtag oh. Javi verse, man. Dude, Everyone, I, thanks, I, man. I start, I started that, and you that did. is <laughs> no. That's it's just genius. It's brilliant. I'm all in. 100%. Man, I need to. I need to post those notes. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna clip that. Paul, I'm gonna clip that. That out for you. Well, like you're supposed to. Adam, you're to help me clip those other things clip, too. I'm gonna clip out the Reverend uh, preaching about the Batman too. Excellent. Do Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank. You. I appreciate that. By, by the way, Javi, I think write this out. Put it on SpideyDude.com and. Well, just references from there. So, Javi is in the house. Um, okay, I, I want to move on because Javi has a Marvel legend in front of him. The, what a coincidence! Uh, <laughs> it is the retro carded uh, Spider-Man, and for those those that missed out on this, there's some different opportunities, but they come with a cost. I use that phrase it? quite literally. All right, if you want to pull up, uh, Neil, the... Uh, uh... Zach, I've been asking you for the past minute where, where it is. Just go to... Well, I, I was literally going to tell you to just pull Just up. say no, what it is. is. Um, hang on, let me go to Marvelous News. You're killing me. Is it... Hold on, I'll do it for you. Okay, there's a, it's a combo pack, right? Is this a problem? No, so so the, it's See, the pricing is the controversy. Because... Oh. But, is that uh, the prices have gone up significantly? Um, the uh, so they announced several figures, and I'm trying to pull up the. Uh, um, what's what's raising the price? Is it the plastic? It's, it's a, Is it the new packaging? It's a it's a I think oil, it's a cost of supply shipping crisis oil. Supply. Supply chain, uh, plastic using the manufacturing, uh, labor labor yes. issues. So part the of it is, is isn't helping that. either. Okay, so um, All right, last week ago, they did the they did the, their first live stream of the like major live stream of the year, and they announced the Love, Thor: Love and Thunder, which that leaked because Walmart started putting it out way too early because they got shipped to Walmart's you know things on time. Um. And they were going to do this big kind of push do the, do, to do the Marvel Legends stuff, the release of the poster, the trailer were all coming out at the same time. Uh, that didn't, that, so people were kind of spoiled thanks to the, thanks to the figures. But there was uh, five figures, or, yeah, five figures that were announced, one of which is the Amazing Fantasy Spider-Man, which is the, uh, based on the first Ooh, appearance yeah. of Spider-Man. Nice. Uh, the that. Iron Spider, <laughs> uh, the Future Foundation stealth suit, um, and Noel and Venom. Okay, real quick. Can someone someone confirm this for me? They released the stealth suit version before they've ever released a regular Future Foundation suit. Is that correct? No, they did a Future Foundation suit in the old 
They have not yeah. done. They didn't do it in the pizza slice or um, in this new modern mold. Zach, your uh, your mic your mic is going crazy, man. It's going in and out, in and out. I'm not sure if that's just how yeah, it is now. Found, or... Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Future Foundation the original one was a repaint of. As uh, people watch Chartermus' channel, know big time let down Spider Man that one. Yeah, you know, real quick, real quick, mic check. Is my mic doing okay? Yeah, yeah you guys are good. Um, okay, I just want to make. I am not a fan of the this new packaging at all. I, for me personally, one of the things when I don't pre-order something, uh, I want to go to the store and see it in person, and you know, judge like, oh, did they get the yellow oval on Batman right, or is this sure. paint smudged, or is there yeah. a, a weird mark on their face? So I, I want to find another one. I, <laughs> I get why they're doing it. I understand, but it is frustrating. I do agree. But so, I mean, uh, you're you're going to have to kind of basically blind buy the figure, and for those who like to display their figures still mint in box on the package. Like Zach's mm -hmm. got his retro cards behind him. Like this is the equivalent of just showing a photo of the figure that you bought. Yeah. It, it really is frustrating because they took away the plastic packaging. They're doing this for partially eco you know, PR eco-friendly purposes. The problem is, is that there's also this really bad habit of with the existing packaging where people were doing a lot of swaps. And I'm sorry, but I would be pissed off that I paid $30 almost for a figure to get home, open the box, and it's not even the right figure. This is something well, we're going to hopefully combat that, but also could easily make it to where it's so much easier. Now, we don't have the boxes in hand and not even like when they send out the review units, they send them out in the boxes. So we don't, you know, we can't tell you if there's there, there's rumors that they are going to have like a uh, kind of like what Apple did with the iPhones this last year where, or last couple of years where they're doing this pull tab. Um, it, it, it's very much trying to be more eco-friendly. I get it. But the problem is, is by doing that, you're upsetting people. And God, is it if this mic goes bad, I'm just going to lose my crap. I'm sorry, guys. Um. I have no other alternative right now. Um, so I, I just, between that and the price, the pricing on this really upset a lot of people. The Null Venom figure is $79.99. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, I just want the Venom without the wings. That, yeah, that, here's the here's thing. The, that, those wings look awesome, though. The, no. They look awesome, I, but I don't need them for my Venom figure. That's true. Uh, now the Venom, the Venom is a repaint of the movie Venom. This is like the Venom that everybody's been asking for. If you go to Dorkside, they're selling the Null and the Venom separately, but they're selling Venom for like sixty-two dollars, and Null is like average price twenty-one ninety-nine. <laughs> so you may as well just buy the whole thing. Yeah, you might as well. Um, to me, you know, the the, the fact that Spider-Man Noir and Spider-Ham are Target exclusive—that's very frustrating to a lot of people. The lizard being uh, was also announced in the retro card. The, that's the most frustrating for me because that is a Walmart exclusive. So yeah, I don't mind that. Um, uh, they did talk about the Silk and Doc Ock figure that's Amazon exclusive. Um, and it's really really nice. Looks looks great. Um, not something that I necessarily I don't need the the, the Doc Ock figure. 
Uh, Iron Spider looks great. They that was previously announced. So this now a lot of the leaks. Uh, oh, this type of thing. Uh, the amazing fan Spider Man. Like, Zach, okay. one... Hang on, hang on, Zach. Mike Zach, check. I don't think it's your mic. Connection Maybe check. it's your internet because you froze up on my side. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Zach, re Zach, reset your modem real quick before because. That was a problem that we had on Wednesday when we were test prep, or not on Wednesday, Monday, I think, when we were doing testing. All right. Me, Try and yeah. reset. Tree. Yeah, and we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk more about it in just a second. All right, I'll be right back, guys. Yeah, because when Zach and I were doing testing on Monday for uh, graphics, his entire thing just crapped out. So I'm thinking that this is a connection issue. So, Greg, uh, I know you collect a lot of Transformers stuff. You collect a lot, a lot of Marvel Legends. Have you dipped into yeah. Mafex at all? I've got a couple. They're so expensive, though, that I yeah. am picking and choosing. I've got the Mafex Spider-Man, the, the comic Spider-Man that came out a few years ago. He's swinging from his ceiling, carrying the, the Marvel Legends Stan Lee a la ASM 15's cover. Nice. What do you think of this Wild Rider figure? I think it looks good. I'm looking forward to collecting the Stunticons. I've, uh, I think Motor Master looks even better, but that looks good. I'm trying to remember who and, the Stunticons uh, combine into. I, it's not Menasaur, is it? Oh, it is Menasaur. Yeah. Do, do the legacy figures combine into Menasaur, or is that just going to be yes, a... Oh, hell yeah! What's, yes. what's Wild Rider from? I'm not familiar. He's a G1 Transformers. Transformer that uh, combines into that combines with their Stunticons into Menasaur. Okay, I think he was. I think he was a late season two combiner. Yeah. Of G1. Okay, that's kind of like right when yeah, I was like I, getting out of it then. Yeah. Yeah, but I do have that Mayfex Spider-Man, and I pre-ordered the Mayfex Magneto, not the Age of Apocalypse one, the six one six one, the the Jim Lee looking one. Yeah. And yeah. I hope they do a Mayfex Green Goblin at some point. I know they like to do the symbiotes and Venom and Carnage, but I really want a Green Goblin. Um, Javi, we were talking about it earlier, and um, at least Paul, Greg, and I are considering doing, a, through Venkman's suggestion, a commentary on the 1986 Transformers movie. Um, we're, oh, we're not, I was going to ask if you were interested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little ticked off that I upgraded my DVD uh, to the Blu-ray, and then like three months later, they announced the 4K. I'm like, well, I just bought it. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I'd love to to do that. I've oh, owned that yeah. movie in every format: VHS, Canadian VHS oh, with the swear word in it, then the DVD, then the 25th anniversary DVD, then the Blu-ray, and then the 4K. I got like my toy props ready to go too. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Question: Is ever yeah. how do I sound? Is it better? Um, do I sound normal? Feed, your feedback yes. is still there, but it's way less, and your connection sounds smoother. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm sorry, still, guys. I'll still do the recap for you. Don't worry, man. Okay. Yeah, so cool. the the final thing, well, also that was announced was a Spinneret uh, Spider-Man two pack um, that was announced, and it, it is glorious. Um, it, let me. I'm trying to find the stupid news. This is what happens when your wife decides to, you know, take you out to eat and then take way too long because, you know. Um, At least she fed you, well, Zach. It's not. A, a, it's not a spite dude podcast if you're on time. 
I had a falafel. <laughs> Shut up, Greg. <laughs> oh, I thought you were telling me. I'm like, I had a falafel. What the fuck, man? <laughs> we know Gerard would say that if he was here. Listen, just because I was late to the final episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, I don't, you know. It's your show! <laughs> Listen, it was... <it>, <laughs> I know. Well, we wanted know. you to be like it, it, it's it's tradition. We wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Okay, we're... Oh God, someone Dude, liked one I... of the voices from the area tweets today. It was a, one of the happy birthday posts, but it, this person's username is "I will cut off Howard Stern's balls." What the Ooh. hell? I don't know. Okay, that 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 that's a little extreme. And on that, that scintillating note, uh, do we want to go do <laughs> something? Uh, well, I was trying to find the story about. The, we can talk you know, while you're, while you're doing that. We can talk about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. No, 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 I was no. The... You're, op- <laughs> Dude, you're opening a can of worms here, man. No, 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 no. We're I smarter than that. The, the Mafex figures yeah. for comparison to the Marvel Legends because. At that price, depending on who your vendor is, that Marvel Legends is like half the price of a Mafex. Yeah. And the, the quality level is is a lot different. I mean, it's I, getting, I have, it's getting to that. I've got very few Mafexes because it feels like you're not getting enough. I mean, when you're talking three figures for one action figure that's that scale, like that doesn't feel like enough. But depending on who you go with, like I've been using AmiAmi recently and getting them delivered for like 70, 80 bucks, depending on who it is. Didn't someone recommend that to you, Javi? That was uh, Tyler, Symbio Bro. Yeah. So I remember remember you talking about like getting a new provider. So yeah, I've got Ben Riley through them. I got the second edition Batman Hush, and I've got the Symbiote Spider Man on order. I'm pulling it up. It's a lot cheaper than going through Big Bad or Amazon where that gets marked up to like $120. Yeah. So, okay, this is the full roundup. We have a two-pack of... Uh, of Did they fix Tom dead? Holland's face? Let's, let's right, see. Yeah. We got a two-pack of Tom Holland and the CEO of Sex. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Have you not seen that meme, Javi? No, there's a meme that like the actor who plays uh, Ned slash not Genki, um, they have a picture of him with like his head shades and it's, like in a three piece tan suit, and he's called the CEO of Sex. Wow! So that that is the homecoming. Um, it's straight out of Homecoming. Uh, comes with a different. I'm not swap. buying it, but I like the but I like how they did, how they did the mask on Ned's head. Yeah, it's really good, uh, but I didn't buy it. All right, I didn't pre-order it. We got, we got the Noir and Spider-Ham. That's a Target exclusive. The Amazing Fantasy 15, which already has a review out from Shard of Prime. If you haven't checked that out, check mm-hmm. that out. Highly recommend that. Yeah. There's also a review out of the MJ um, Peter 2-pack uh, that's really, really good. It comes with our... Uh, it's basically very similar to the Retro Wave Spider-Man, but it has toe articulation. When did they and, they the, and they fixed the neck. Yes, and they fixed the neck. Um, and then uh, we've got Toad, which is the rest of the 20th anniversary line. Uh, and then Lizard was announced, but he's not up for order yet. I have so got a feeling that's probably going to be the, the whenever the Walmart Comic Con thing is going to be. That's probably when it's going to happen later on this year. 
Totem Lizard. And I think we mentioned this on the last episode, but this Silk Mold is the first Silk to ever have like the short hair that she had at the end of, of Robbie Thompson's run. Yes, and all new sculpt on the head sculpt. Uh, it's also pinless, so it's not uh, as well. That's the same. That is the other thing about the two pack on the Mary J- uh, the Peter MJ two pack and the Amazing figure. Both are pinless joints. You're, you're chopping again, Zach. You're, Zach, you're chopping. He froze. Oh, there he is. I'm super excited for the Spinneret figure. I can't wait to get that. These are the I, first pinlets. Did, did, I don't did, know how I'm going to split because I've got because I've got that head on the civilian MJ figure that came back same. that came out a while back. But Javi, I can't I'm wait for you to get into a bidding war for these things. <laughs> and that Spidey figure just looks fantastic. A bidding war. Yeah, because apparently they're already sold out on Amazon for pre-orders. No, I already pre-ordered yes. mine on Amazon. Oh, you already did? Yeah. Oh, not oh yeah. Like 12.01, I was on there and I, I got the Amazing Fantasy 15. Uh, two, one for me, one for Jack, but he doesn't know that yet. And then Ooh, the two-pack nice. was the MJ. And, and oh, he doesn't watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the two-pack, the two, I, I, I had to have... Um, the, the the Iron Spider, the two pack, and the Amazing Fantasy, and I really wasn't going to do that until I saw it on the stream. Probably one of the best streams yeah. that they've done in years, by the way. Hmm. Highly recommend. Yeah, definitely. And I am not displaying my toad when I get him with that tongue. That thing's just unsettling. That's kind of the point. That's though. obscene. I know it is, but you know, I mean. He's already going to go behind Mystique. I don't think he needs to have that tongue up behind Mystique. Or maybe he does. Okay, so... Um, just, put Destiny, just put Destiny in between her and uh, Toad, and you'll be fine. <laughs> All right, so Astral, let's... make us a Destiny. <sighs> uh, Justin, I don't, right. I, I'm not going to comment. Uh, I, I, I see what you're... I, I don't want to yeah, comment but... on, a, on a leak, just because we've got people that are, try to be averse to leaks and spoilers, so... Out of respect for them, I'm not going to. Uh, we're not going to comment. We're not, we're not going to comment on those potential leaks just to maintain our good standing with um, all parties. Yeah, we don't want to get on Marvel's bad side, and I feel like that that's a really good way of of doing that. And I, I just we'd like to avoid that if we can. We 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 aren't bleeding cool. We don't. Um, <laughs> We don't God, spoil things not. to ruin things. We don't spoil things to ruin people's excitement. Um, so, anyways, uh, is it is it that time, boys? I think it's that time. I think it's that time. We're we're way longer than I expected. Here, yeah. Okay. So we kind of came up with the. You weren't here, Javi, but just as a refresher to you and to the audience, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna do the recap. Uh, I don't know if Zach's gonna fix his modem or if he needs to still, but um, in the meantime. Um, before we do our recap, or before after I do the recap, we're going to go through Gray's no real um, Opinion. no like no opinions, just straight grades, and then um, we're going to do two minute time brackets. That way, um, uh oh, what's what? Where are we all gesturing? Ooh, great! Okay, with well, okay. surprise of our commentary, but that's just me. Yeah, well, okay, the reason we're doing that is because we tend to over... We, we've skipped grades before on the show, so I want to make sure everybody gets their grades out before we do uh, opinions. 
So we'll, we'll go from, we'll start with Paul, then go to Adam, then Javi, then Greg, then Zach, and then to me. And, and then depending on, Oh, bye Paul. I guess, I guess he didn't want to do the brackets. Um, but um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So we're going to, tr- if, if we need to, if we feel the need to, we'll, we'll separate into like two minute time brackets to give, give an opinion. We can yield time. If we if we finished our opinion early, uh, give it to somebody else if they if you want to or hold on to it, and then we'll go from there as needed. Does that all does that work for everybody? I just want to, I just want to make sure that you know we already we already have trouble kind of controlling four people, but now we have six, so we need to find a way to structure this properly. Okay. Are we sinister? Yes. But now that we're the, but now we're the third of Fantastic Five because. Paul just went somewhere. I don't know where he went. But since I don't need Paul for a recap, um, we're going to do that. Oh, there he is. There he is. He's back. What happened, man? Are you having internet troubles, Paul? It, it was something weird happened. I, all the audio cut out, so I had to, I had to um, resubmit. So I'm going to leave and jump back in So while you're doing that, Neil. So, Neil. Okay. So, Amazing Spider-Man, number 94. Wait, nope. I misread that. It's number one because Marvel loves money. Amazing Spider-Man number one, legacy number 895, written by Zeb Wells, pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, and colors by Marcio Menez. I think that's how you pronounce his name. If if it isn't right, I've been saying it wrong this entire time. Um, Bad on me. So outside of York, Pennsylvania, we open on Peter in a massive crater of purple smoke. And uh, as the camera closes in on him, he's going, guh. And just before we cut to black, Peter passes a kidney stone. And then six months later, in Queens, Peter is sitting with Aunt May, who is now in a smaller apartment because of whatever Peter did. Uh, Aunt May dresses him down for keeping a secret from him and uh, says that she'll always believe him. And it hurts to listen to him lie. Uh, In Alphabet City... Peter is approached by a collections agent who uh, says there's still a hefty balance from McCarthy Medical Center at the end of Beyond. Uh, Peter says that um, stop bullying Aunt May. She doesn't have any more money and not to call her again. And uh, Peter goes inside to see Randy Robertson, who surprisingly has not been forgotten about since Spencer's run ended. If anything, he's actually kind of elevated now that Boomerang is no longer in the picture. Uh, Randy's kind of pissed at Peter for uh, leaving him to pay rent on an apartment he doesn't even live in anymore, which raises the question of one, why was he doing that? And two, where has Peter been living since then? And C, where has Randy been living since then? Um, oh, no, he moved in with Janice. So that makes sense. Never mind. But uh, Peter asks Randy what he wants, and um, Randy says, you know what? Things are really great with Janice. I'm going to ask her to marry me. And, you know, her dad's tombstone, so I want you to call me in a couple of hours just to make sure I'm still alive. Uh, yeah, Mike Mike says that Peter must have eaten a really bad burrito to blow up Pennsylvania. <laughs> Whew. But um, Randy finally answers the steak. Yeah, Randy finally answers the question of where Gog has been after 30 issues. And uh, Peter slumps against the door, only to look at his phone. And um, look at MJ's number longingly. 
And then it cuts to Tombstone, and he's in the middle of a meeting with all the major crime syndicate leaders. Uh, Black Mariah, Mr. Negative, uh, The Rose, Hammerhead, Madame Mask, uh, The Crime Master. Basically, um, The Rose and Tombstone are having a little back and forth with each other talking about how um, Kingpin is gone after Devil's Reign, which is actually kind of a neat tie into that subplot, or to that event book that just happened and ended uh and the rose says you doubt my strength send him in and in comes the ca character that only john ramita jr cares about digger um and in a very oblique reference to immortal hulk digger says oh yeah i'm back from the dead there was a green door and rose's response is enough with the green door uh, everyone's basically in chaos and, um, the Rose says, here's the thing. I want the product that you're selling and I'm offering a good price. I won't ask again. And Tombstone says, we're not meeting in the middle anymore. You're coming to my turf, um, because your territory doesn't exist. So there's no middle anymore. Uh, all of the, all of the crime syndicate, all the, syndicates i don't know all the syndicates don't say anything so tombstone leaves uh cut back to peter who is shaved because for whatever reason he had a stubble going on i won't complain that was actually a pretty good look for him especially inked by hannah but uh peter goes outside instead of patrolling he lingers on his balcony only to realize it's really hot out and then out of nowhere comes the Human Torch, who, if you haven't been reading Slot's Fantastic Four, and I don't blame you, was supercharged and uh, is now constantly on fire. He can't turn it off, and it is super heated. So, um, Zeb Wells drops an editor's note for us. Hey, you forgot to read Slot's Fantastic Four. Go check that out. But no one will, so it means nothing. Uh the human torch kind of vaguely fills us in on what happened that's caused all of the uh peter being on the outside of everybody that peter apparently stole something from the from the fantastic four and went behind their back and i guess that's what happened in york pennsylvania uh peter jumps off the landing to check on a friend and it cuts to randy at a up at a upscale diner with tombstone and uh randy says you know I want to marry your daughter. And Tombstone says, well, back in my day, you didn't ask for anything. You took it. Uh, but you know what? I'm a changed man. Uh, I've, I'm going a little soft now. Uh, it's Janice's decision. It's She's going to do what she wants anyways. But you, you do whatever you want, kid. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> um, and Peter is there. He's actually doing what was asked of him for once in this book. And he sees White Rabbit and a bunch of her, a bunch of her goons getting into uh, a van, and Peter says, "Yeah, I totally double back for my costume instead of leaving it like I said I would." And he hitches a ride in the back of the van uh, to meet up with uh, the Rose's henchmen. Uh, Peter interrupts the sale of a Goblin glider, wondering if that'll come into play soon. And Digger comes out of the van, tries to. Uh, choke peter to death and peter rips off his fingers uh basically everything goes wrong all the gangsters are shooting each other and digger decides to flip over the truck and blow it up peter says that um 
Peter drags Kareem out of the van. I guess Kareem is one of uh, the Rose's thugs. But he webs White Rabbit to the van and says, you know what? You're not going to tell me where Digger's going. I'll find him myself. Four hours later, Peter did not find him. Uh, Peter climbs onto his bed uh, and gives MJ a call. Uh, turns out that MJ is hiding in her closet. Uh, and Peter tries to explain himself to her, and MJ says, don't call me again, as Peter kind of taps his phone against his head in, I guess, remorse. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, back in Harlem, Tombstone is relaxing with his cat, uh, just to nail in the Dr. Evil act, just nail the Dr. Evil look. Uh, the cat has hair, though, so it doesn't really do a one-for-one -one parallel. But Tombstone goes back inside after talking to someone about how Spider-Man's the uh, major force right now in New York, only to sniff the air, and his house goes up in flames. Uh, Digger's just like, yeah, the rose... I meant to leave this rose, but oh well, I ate it. He leaves it on the ground and drives off. And Tombstone comes out of his comes out of his house. He saved his cat, which I think is a pretty powerful move. And he looks pissed. Uh, Ten thirty the next morning, Peter wakes up, uh, basically skirts all of his responsibilities, doesn't go to his job interview, avoids a collections guy, eats breakfast for lunch, which is a power move on his end, and uh, just kind of wanders around. New York looking for something to do until two until he until at 5 30 he looks up to MJ's apartment wishing he had a good reason to be there until um he hears a voice saying you walk a lot Parker and it's tombstone tombstone invites him into the limo and says that um he's going to war with um the Rose and Spider-Man because to him this whole mess with the Rose is his fault and Peter basically gives away that he's Spider-Man by saying, you know, I've been talking to Spider-Man recently. He doesn't have a whole lot going on. He's going to love this. And Tombstone says probably the best line of this issue, you're a weird dude, Parker. Get out of my car. And here's where everybody got their panties in a twist. Maybe justifiably. But, you know, it's that first issue, so everyone's going to get a little upset. Peter says, I got a job after all. I got something to do with my life. He looks up at MJ's apartment one last time, walks away. And MJ's at the window, and uh, as she turns away, she meets the uh, Hallmark Channel movie actor that she's been seeing uh, named Paul, and he says that he can't hold him off any longer. Two children come in calling MJ Mommy, uh, who look disturbingly like MJ and probably Peter, I guess. I don't know. Romita Jr. draws are kind of weird. Uh, and... Paul offers to hand MJ the Stark pad to keep him distracted, and MJ says, no, this is great. Everything is great. Uh, after a letters page where Chi-Town Spidey gets BTFO'd, uh, we have, what's this, an end credit scene? Uh, Dr. Octopus is being strung up and straight-jacketed by a mysterious figure who has the ultimate universe font and who is basically pontificating to him. This is our new kindred, guys. Yeah, that's how you know. He's pontificating. Um, and he says, <laughs> a light and alive, Dr. Octavius, and hungry, oh, so hungry, to be continued. Okay, so I said we we're starting off with grades, so we're starting off with grades. Paul. Oh, wait, you wrote them in the private chat. Never mind. <laughs> um, Javi, you gave it a B. I did. Uh, Adam, you gave it a C. 
Yeah, and I, I did the math, and I could maybe give it a C plus based on All some right. math that I did, but eh, it's like C C plus ish. Okay, uh, Greg, you gave it a C minus. All right, Paul, what's your grade? I gave it a B plus. Nice. Okay. Zach, I have reasons. Your grade. I give, I give it a B minus uh, for me. Okay. I'm gonna give it. A B minus. Whoa. So it's a lot higher than I thought it was gonna be. I've had time to sit on it. And we'll and we'll um we'll we'll talk about it a little bit, but um I guess who who wants to kind of start off the rotation? I'm gonna set I'm gonna set you know what, we'll be big boys, we'll only enforce the timer if we need it. So um do we want to start with pros and go to cons, or do we want to kind of? Just I, do I don't it? want to separate them. I just want to let them do do the, the 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 let them do the general thoughts. I don't want to sit there and do pros and cons because that's way too similar to another show, and I don't want to do that. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Neil. Fair enough. Like that's Making that's sure way just, too similar to another show. That's fair enough. I just want to make sure that we have some degree of structure. We just don't go. You like, know, I agree. Um, I'm going to let Paul go first because he's probably our most long-winded one. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not, you're not wrong. I, I, I take full responsibility for that. Real, real quick, before we start, these plas- these cardboard straws aren't that bad. Oh, stop. Shut up. Oh, I you're hate wrong. Them. You're freaking okay. wrong. It's like, good night. <laughs> Prison ass. <laughs> You lose. Good day, sir. Wow. All right, wow. Paul, start us off. What you got? So uh, a lot of people, you know, were talking about this book, and there was a lot of controversy before it even uh, launched. You know, on what today? And I saw, you know, the, the Superior Spider Talk guys talk about this as maybe the next Hydra Cap, and I was very intrigued. And after reading it, I have to respectfully disagree with that statement because I have no idea how I would compare this to Hydra Cap at all. Um, to the controversy of like the first issue dropping. I, I think the MJ stands are pissed. Uh, you know, well, I, I, to I any sorry. You know, l- listen, here's here's the thing. With with, with this to me, I I'm, I I after reading the first issue and seeing the reveal at the end, I I just don't I'm like, okay, obviously there's there's an alternate timeline or so, there's something yeah. going on with Fantastic Four because yeah. that's the first thing you see. It's like, Fantastic Four, I'm so pissed off at you, Peter. It's like, okay, it's already explained. I mean, they've gone over, you know, we already established that, like, in this, you know, what they've done with this character with, you know, um, right after Nick Spencer's run into the fact that she supported him and helped him all through the Beyond Saga. I'm like, and the, the fact that it's the first thing we have off, there's a six month gap. I'm like, okay, I get it. You gotta have shock value. It's whatever. So I, I don't even care. Like, Stan's gonna be pissed off. It's it doesn't. It's gonna be re- It's gonna be fine in a, in a couple months. Like, it's, it's, stop. It's I, I, I I don't get it. I don't like that part of that part of it is is the reason that it got a B minus for me. But I, I get what I get why they're mad. They have get, it's comics. It's gonna get fixed. It's not like it's gonna be like forever. It's what's so ridiculous. Hydra Cap was ridiculous. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, no, listen, listen, listen. It, like, like even Ben Riley will be fixed at some point. And it's maybe not as as close as Mary Jane, but Mary Jane. It, like, like I said, this whole thing with the kids. 
the Fantastic Four. It's all going to be wrapped up at some point, so we don't have to worry about that. It's going to be re- it's going to be figured out. I guarantee in this first arc, bar nut, but I will I will bet you money it'll be wrapped up. Her that whole thing will be wrapped up in the next five six issues. Anyway, and so. <laughs> so, um, but that's my biggest negative, and I don't. Even, it's not like the, the choice of it. It's just like I thought it was anticlimactic, but I only blame that on the writer. I blame that on everyone else, being like, "Oh my god, it's whatever." It's it's whatever. Um, I really like this issue. I thought the pacing was pretty good. I don't like the fast forward in time. That's why I gave it a B plus. I don't like that. I, I think that's. I think that's a. That's a little not a tired uh, a tired trope, but more of it's. It's just I, I don't know. It, it feels. Um, not lazy, but just feels like it's whatever. It's it's what I don't like it. Um, but bar, besides that, I liked everything. I love the characterization of Peter. Peter feels like Peter Parker to me, and I love the Tombstone stuff. I loved all of that. I, I loved all the Gang War. I thought the Rose was great. I I loved the Immortal Hulk shout out. That was I laughed out loud when I read that. The Great Door. Uh, oh my god, I love that. Stop so, the Great Door. So I, everything about this issue just felt good. And I've seen someone, you know, I don't want to offend anybody or, or upset anybody or whatever, but I couldn't disagree more with the person commenting about John Romita Jr.'s art. I thought this is some of his best art I've seen in years, to be quite honest. Um, I've gone on record and said I've defended some of his DC stuff. I haven't seen all his DC stuff, but I can tell you that I, I've, you know, I keep telling you that last, the, the, the Batman Last Crusade or whatever the fuck it's called the, the in the Dark Knight uh, universe uh, is, is really good art. But other stuff of DC of his, I, I don't know. I can't really comment on everything. But this art specifically, I thought was some of the best art I've seen him since probably Kick-Ass Volume 1, which I really liked. So, um, yeah, I, I liked all. The, I liked most of this. Yeah, it's, it's a tired trope a little bit with the whole, the whole MJ thing. Is, I, I just, I don't care. It's going to be fixed. I'm fine. So, but I, I thought it was a good good start to the issue. I love the gang war stuff. I thought Nick Spencer, Nick Spencer, I thought Zeb Wells was doing a great job setting this all up. So, um, I, I'm in. I'm all in. So, uh, Greg, your uh, your thoughts? Um, I'm taking control of my I show, with, damn it. I agree with <laughs> you right. on John Romita's art. I thought, I thought it looked good, and I'm tired of people shitting on John Romita Jr. I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen his uh, DC artwork, so I don't know, but... um. And I also Greg, agree with you, you that I like the way mic? Peter was written. Can you put your mic a little closer? You're you're a little soft. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. And I I don't I don't have a problem with the way Peter was written. He he feels like Peter. At the same time, though, I also wait. I also liked Tombstone a lot in this. Tombstone and Randy. I'm glad that it's being continued. It's been a while, and I really enjoyed that. So, um, as for everything else, it. it the reason I gave it a C minus, it hit me how indifferent I was to a lot of it. I mean, I'm kind of tired of everyone hating Peter Parker. We saw a lot of that during the slot run. At least here, Peter still feels like Peter, as opposed to how slot had written him. So I'll give it points for that. And the MJ thing, I'm a bit of an MJ stan, and I just looked at these pages and I said, okay, I get they're setting up a hook, trying to draw in a a mystery, get readers ask questions, but it still feels a bit more like shock value than trying to create a genuine hook. I'm not mad about that. I actually kind of wish that I was mad about it because I didn't want to read that and not feel a damn thing. Yeah, to to build off of that, like normally I'd be like really I'd be really upset, but I couldn't really find the energy to like care about that specific part. 
I think that speaks to just kind of I'm I'm kind of tired of being um, baited. Being switched. Yeah, with with like, well, guys, look at Peter and MJ. They're, are they going to break up? Are they going to stay the same? And and Paul's right in the fact that like we know this will be fixed, but I'm kind yeah. of I'm kind of tired of being of having it like jangled in my face like uh like a like a pair of keys. Like look at the shiny keys. Look at the shiny keys. I don't. I don't know. Like, I think it speaks to like how apathetic I am about it. <laughs> well, it, it, if I may really say so too, I, I think the biggest reason um, that it just it again it's that jump it's that jumping point in time that I have. It's just it to me. It's like there's so much. It's such a cop out. That's what I keep yeah. I want to say before. It's a cop out, and that's the problem. I think that's what I think a big reason why I gave it a B plus is that that six month time frame. So much is missing that he can go back and retell things. It's like, you know, it, I don't know. It, 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 that's a cop out to me. And I feel like that was a cop out to get the reveal. So there must be some reason that this reveal is. And I do, what I will say is I do feel that this reveal of the kids and everything could also be a uh, foreshadow of Peter and MJ's relationship and maybe foreshadowing maybe that whole idea of May that was hinted at later on because you're bringing kid aspects back into the Spider-Man fold, which again, it's it's it keeps this this trend um, theme has been going on now for a little bit. Maybe you know, Beyond was a little blip there because Peter was sidelined for being sick, but with Nick Spencer and now this, there is that kid theme that is now connecting. So I do feel that's interesting. And where does that go? I don't know, but. It's it's interesting nonetheless, but yeah, the whole six month thing is a cop out, and I, that's why I don't like. So, listen okay, for Tav me. Tavia, the, the Tavia problem that I have, I love Tavia, but but no, like <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a zero. I, I give it. A, I would be positively shocked if it was made. Um, and I feel listen, what man, I'm, back, unless I'm looking. Go back to what Vinkman said. They've been trying to break him up for twenty years. That's that's that that is the case. That is true. That is fact. Um, I I was ir like Neil knows my initial reaction was WTF. Um, when we talked about it, uh, now that I've read it, you know, it, it, and I've taken the time to process it a little bit more. Uh, I, I did I did think it was particularly cruel of, of Nick Spencer to call out. Uh, to call out Pete, but you know, Pete needed to be knocked down a few pegs considering how many letters pages he had. So, you know, um, I thought that hand. was, I thought that was hilarious. Like not I feel yeah. kind of on one hand, I feel kind of bad for Pete cause he was just called out like on, on in 4k. But on the other hand, it was really funny watching like an editor. I mean, was he really I mean we all, saying. we all know it because we're friends and you know, we talk with him and all that, but if you're just someone in, you know, Chickawa, Iowa. <laughs> You're gonna be like, who's the Chicago <laughs> guy they're talking about? Chickawa, Iowa. That's a yeah. Because we're we're in a social circle with Peter. You know, right, we, right. we've talked we, we to know him who it on is. my. We know who it is, but he didn't specifically say Shy Town Spidey. He didn't. And it, and know, if you were picking Peter this Morgan. book up as a number one, you're not gonna know what he's talking about unless yeah. you've read the previous volume like literally if you've read the entirety of the previous it, volume you're not going to have any idea what he's referring to it's just like a little brief aside that's a wink wink nod nod to you know chi town and and by 
kind of by proxy crawl space, I guess. I mean, but, I thought it was, I thought it was in, you know, playful fun. I don't think he, yeah, was, it's, it's in fun. Like, some like people on the discord were thinking he was taking a shot at him, but I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't read it in that I, light. At all. I, think, I, I, I think he, he kind of felt both ways on it. I think because I did have a conversation with him about it. Oh, you did. Um, uh, but because to be frank, this that was the issue was leaked, leaked, and they people had sent him messages about it prior to this past week. Yeah. Um. Obviously. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I think there might just be a delay, but um, the best part of this issue was the story time where someone said, "Are there? Are they seriously going after Shy Town Spidey on the crawl space?" And the reply to that was, "Who?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, 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 uh, I, I hate Co. I know you. I, <laughs> I, 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 I fucking hate Co. Okay, like, like they just piss me off. I'm so lost. Uh, Co is okay, so basically. Uh, so basically someone posted the entire issue on 4chan and one of the replies to the letters page on that thread was, did they see he just go after Chi-Town Spidey in the crawl space? And the reply to that post was who? Yeah. So it, it, uh, someone, it, it, it only uh, works if it's in the social circle. That's what makes it funny. But um, right. uh, the, the, the whole thing with, with the MJ and, and every situation is um, you've, you, it just felt like another reality slap situation for me, and I, I'm just so sick of that. And I think that's what a lot of people that are. But on okay, that, but but but, uh, but here's the thing. No, I am so sick. I am so sick and tired of of Marvel pulling this freaking rug. Like, just let them be together. You sit there and you cock tease us with them moving in together. At the end of the pre, literally three weeks ago, and now we're gonna go six months later, and suddenly they're on the outs, and we're probably gonna learn more about that next issue. And I just, to me, it's contrived, and it's the it is the plot driving the characters. It's not the characters driving the plot, and I'm sick and freaking tired of it. But the, <sighs> I'm so sick <sighs> of that element with because they have to keep them separated. Why? Because because Tom Brevoort doesn't like them married. But bro, okay, hold on. If that was, Paul, if that was, Paul, uh, Paul will uh, respond. I think what Zach is trying to say is it's not just about this story. If it had been just this, right now, it, it may have been more intriguing. But the, it's about what's been going on for the last but several they, years. But they, but here's the, but here's the thing though. I, I I respect that, and I I listen. I'm a I want Peter and MJ to be together more than anyone. Like I want to make that very clear. I I'm just not worried about it because here's the thing. You don't you don't have them get together and ha- you're bringing all this together. You, you to me like they've only shown they're building their relationship. To me because I know how comic. I mean we all know how comics work. I don't. There's no disrespect to anyone here, but to me it's like. This is them showing, I think, uh, uh, how they're going to be stronger at the very end of this arc. To be quite honest, I think that's 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 my whole point. I don't know, dude. I, do you? I, I, I put money on it. I put money on it. 
Dude, the chain has been yanked so many times at this point. I'm going back to shipping Peter and Felicia at this point. I still have to wait. There's no way. There's no There's no way you build up. Again, I, I will be shocked if they go back and they say, we've built up. Nick Spencer builds it up, the marriage. You're building up. And Beyond does a great job of that, too. Of the, again, showing their how established they are together. And then all of a sudden, you go six months later for shock value to do this. And you think that this is verbatim. Like, this is it. This is the. There's no well, way in hell. Yeah. There's no I, I way. Just like, not, I just not, don't think for as long as Zeb Wells is writing and Nick Spencer or Nick Spencer, Nick Lowe is editing. That they're going to that these these two guys are going to put them back. Nick together. Lowe edited the book with them together. Like, how are you? How does that even work? Yeah, but he's also, but he's also editing the book that, where they're, if, he's if, also editing again, the book if, where they're separated. If Nick Lowe, or if not specifically Nick Lowe, but if Zeb Wells doesn't want to write them together and is going to put them off to the side, put her off to the side for the duration of of his time on Spider Man. Because he wants to write Spider-Man his way, then Nick Lowe is not going to, you know, he's not going to force the issue. I just think that you, you, that's and you're you're kind of making my point, Paul. How in a, in, in a different way? They spent so right. much time in the previous volume building this out, building that, rebuilding that relationship, and increasing the the bond between the two to where it was borderline unshakable and now you're going to have this dude show up for six months channel movie and and put a wedge between the two well well hold on there and and again by by putting (laughs) us in the middle of the putting us in the middle of the story instead i i think i probably would have been probably been more okay with it had there been a gradual buildup, Zach, instead of us, is jumping the gun right now on Paul, and not not this Paul. Oh. Like <laughs> we don't, we, there is nothing in that comic that says he's her boyfriend, her new husband, uh, her best friend, of uh, uh, just a friend from college. Like we know nothing about this guy other than his name is Paul. To to, to be fair though. He could be Christie's like husband. To, to be fair, though, we we are operating under context clues, and and granted, yeah. that is on us for um, operating on the context clues that like you know MJ's in the apartment with this guy who's going to show her the miracle of Christmas in the apartment in Ohio. Ohio. But right. at this, at, we're left under the assumption like P- MJ is staring longingly at um. Peter walking away from her apartment, and then all of a sudden, Bobby Carr 2, Kids and No Drugs Boogaloo, comes wandering in and says, Hey, MJ, everything okay? God, about that. But I, I, I'm point, <laughs> I am going to point something out that Tevya says in the chat. And he says, I hate kid, this. I hate Paul. This character sucks. And it, it is interesting. He's not saying he hates Paul, like our Paul, but the character Paul. He's and only here's- for like two pages. How could you even make a distinction of that? <laughs> He looks okay. so punchable, though. He does have a punchable face, but oh. the, the problem is, is that there's no bad characters. Okay, there's only bad writers. And, and this guy, again, we gotta get, we gotta. I, I am the reason that I didn't give it a lower grade is I'm willing to give Zeb Wells, despite the shit ending of Beyond, <laughs> that I felt like was more editorially driven than writer driven. That is um, true. I'll give you that. Yeah. 
I'm willing to give Zeb Wells the benefit of the doubt, but in the back of my mind, this is still the guy that wrote Shed, and I'm sorry, Nick Lowe. I know what you wrote on Twitter, and I completely fucking disagree with the fact that Shed is an all-time classic, okay? It's bad, it's ass, it's terrible, it's antithetical to the characters that were involved, and it is one of the worst Spider-Man stories of all time. Not one of the best. I, I, I know want, the CBR I, likes to blow that thing up, but it's... I, I really wanted, I want to add in something about this whole thing, because we all want to dogpile on the Mary Jane aspect. Like, we're terrible the marriage, you know. But here's the thing, too. But here's the thing. You also got to look at look about Peter and Aunt May's relationship at the very beginning of the comic book. They establish right there that's off, uh, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Peter everything's off in Peter's life, and then Mary Jane's but Mary Jane's an extension of that. And then you have all of a sudden, you know, the Human Torch showing up, being like Peter, like what's going on? And we also have reference in that where he stole something to the very beginning of the comic, where he's like in the middle of like destruction, and we're coming off one of the biggest films that came out. Where Peter sacrificed everything for it, it, come on, people! Like put the puzzle pieces together. It's not hard. I mean, no, like again, it's again, all there. It goes, it goes so, back oh, to the one, plot one is driving before. the characters. The characters oh. aren't driving the plot. But 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 listen, like you can't you can't always listen. I, I under, hold on, Neil, one second, one second. The the thing is, and again, this could be a crap storyline. I get. It. I'm not saying it's going to be great because I had great aspirations for Nick Spencer's end of the run, and that was not. And I love Nick Spencer's run except the last year. But what I'm willing, and, it, and again, I know you're giving it a chance, and I appreciate that. The thing is, you can't jump on the Paul character yet. You can't jump on the Mary Jane reveal yet. You can't jump on really anything because the biggest problem in the book, again, my major criticism is a six month thing, which they're already setting up the fact that it's not just Mary Jane that's off. It's Aunt May. Everything about Peter is off right now. And there's a sacrifice that's, that he's done. Something. He sacrifices relationships. All his relationships. His friends. His family. His, you know, his, his partner. Everything has been sacrificed at the beginning of this book. And we don't know why. And I think that obviously if he stole something from the, from the Fantastic Four, there is a root of some kind of you know, multiverse or some kind of, I don't know, but some nullifier that he stole from Reed Richards that's going to nullify everything at the very end. And I think, and I bring up the whole point of you do this, Zach, I think in the relationship to, to build towards, I think the fact that you, what you just said was perfect. They are, they are indestructible. They're the, they have an indestructible relationship. And I feel that this will be a microcosm, again, my prediction, a microcosm of one more day in the fact that you're going to see them overcome this, which could then, then foreshadow to the bigger, the, uh, overcoming of one more day. So just going to throw it out there. Okay, yeah, I mean, here's You're the thing. Right. I, I, you, you can go back on the show, uh, you know, before the I, whole Ben Riley reveal. Have you no spoilers? I, I do have to run though. I do have to run. All right. Okay. You have a well, good night, Greg. Greg. Thank you for being Hi, on the Greg. show. Uh, always appreciate yes, it. Check out Voices from the Erie on the Spidey Radio Network. Uh, brand new episode coming out this Friday, and every other Friday here on, for the foreseeable future, this, here on the Spidey Radio. This Network. Friday, the composer Carl Johnson. Two Fridays after that, Jonathan Frakes. And if you want to listen to the show early, you can always yeah, go to patreon.com slash network. You can always get you'll get them a week early for everybody else. So if you want to hear Jonathan Frakes try uh Xanatos try to take over the Spidey Radio Network. And succeed. And succeed. 
So, uh, all right. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next time, buddy. All right. Yeah, have a good night. So, good night, everybody. Hi, Greg. Bye, Greg. Hi, Greg. So, so Bye. Paul, I kind of want to offer, since since we've had our goodbyes to Greg, I want to offer kind of a, a proposal, or at least let you see it from my point of view. So, okay, we're at square A, right? Peter and MJ are a happy couple. They're going to move in together. All of a sudden, Judas Traveler, whoever the fuck, just bursts in their window and says, hey, Peter, come with me and save the world. Um, then in the relaunch, which we're paying $6 for, right? I mean, we're getting like a double pay, a double size issue, right? right. All of a I'm sudden- impressed. No backups. Yeah, I'm, I'm legit impressed by that, uh, especially because JR JR is what, 770? I don't, it doesn't matter. Anyways, you're paying $6. You're, you're paying $6 to see Peter and MJ's relationship regressed back three or four steps. Hang on, I'm getting to my point, Paul. This is a monetary, this is a monetary formula here. And you said, how many how many issues do you think it'll take for them to get back together? Six, 12? You're Give completely muted. Just type it in the chat. Sorry, six. <laughs> I, I would say six. So okay. you, you think by so, 900, they're gonna be back together? Oh yeah. So, so let me offer kind of my hypothesis here. Why would I, as a reader, pay $30 at like around $30 okay. to go back to square one? Well, if, if, if you live and die by Mary Jane, then you're right. Like that's, that's your prerogative. And I don't I live and die by home. Mary Jane. I live and die by Spider-Man and reading monthly Spider-Man stories that keep me entertained. Because I know the status quo will revert back to at that one point. But and if I you live in, and, and, I, and I don't read, I don't, I don't read just by Mary Jane. Well, I but, know you don't, but I'm just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But like, if if I'm one not really engaged in like Spider-Man finding the sinister adaptoid or whatever the hell he is, Doc, Doctor. I, I I don't know anything. Don't spoilers, please. I I don't know anything. So I, I'm, um, I'm but, continue. But like, but like we have this character who I guess has ultimate font. Like, I, I, if I don't care about like that, and I don't care, and I'm not happy with like having to regress Peter and MJ just to get them back together again, and I'm not happy with like Peter having like some kind of suffering fetish that Spider-Man Twitter is going to indulge in, then why would I spend thirty dollars on a book that if yeah. I like one plot point, then you, but that's but, but again but that's that's one person and I think that to me again I, and Javi I know you said in the, in the chat here you said that you think twelve issues I if this goes twelve issues then it's a, it, that is a terrible decision like I I will I will fully admit that if it goes longer my cutoff is five or six if it goes longer than that then they made it I'm with Neil big mistake because the one thing I think that we we're at least for me. I've only seen in all the issues leading up to this is that they've only ex like made their relationship stronger in hinting to get them going forward. And I definitely feel that there, it, this is not a regression. Like regression would be like long-term, right? Right. And so if you're right, if they go, if this is like the long-term thing of going again, going to square one uh, of like for like years and years and it, it goes past like six issues. And yes, I 100% agree. This is done. This is dumb. But right now we don't know anything. We don't know how long yeah, it's going to it, go. For. It's it, it is very early on, and I and I get what like people like Tevia and, and Venkman are saying. You know, going back, we we went back to square one at the beginning. This is one more day, either. Now, by the way, this is not one more day. Come on, yeah, let's be but, real here. Yes, yeah, let's, let's also be real. I think part of the part of it is too. We went back to square one with um, 
with Spencer, and that made sense, right? Going back to square one now, I think is 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 very jarring for the Within narrative. Four years. Yeah, and and I think that I I don't think that Peter as a character really because. And I've said this before, specifically when I was talking about why they decided to go back to square one with one more day and brand new day. Like the progression was let's build up Peter's world as opposed to just Peter and MJ and May with the JMS run. That's that's the core of that run and building up that character. Now, part of that is too the amount of character assassination that went on with Peter more or less from the reboot you know, so you had the reboot and, that, and all that, how the, much of a disaster that was. And Jenkins kind of started that ball rolling of, of rebuilding Peter Parker. I think that the elements I liked about it, I love the, the noir crime boss stuff. I want to touch on that a little bit because... I, 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 I think that's the best parts of the issue. However, mm-hmm. the scene with Randy and Peter to me, really bad. Really hollow, didn't like it. Don't understand it. To, to Maybe me, when I re- learned the reasoning behind everything, I'll, I'll I'll like it more. But Peter felt he acted like a dick to Randy. But but and Peter's that's off not, though. That's the whole point. That's the whole point, man. It's something something's yeah. off with Peter. Paul, let Adam go. Let Adam go. Let me say something. Yeah, I want to say something from like a stylistic uh, point of view of the issue here. Um, one of my problems or well it's not really a it's a it's a half and half thing um this guy is a good colorist i am not a colorist uh he yes he he's good i don't think i don't but i the thing is i don't really like i'm kind of like iffy on the coloring choices that he does now see i'm not a colorist but but i will say that he is good um the colors I feel don't suit Ramita Jr.'s art, in my opinion, as well as the the previous stuff way back in the JMS era. Because, but that was like a lot more. It was brighter. It was poppier. Mm-hmm. It looked. Brighter. It was. It it fit a bit more. This is very dark and moody, and I have to. But I have to give props because the colors show. The colors, the colors mimic the tone of this whole issue. That something is off. Peter is off. Every, every like no one, you know, he he's on the outs with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, something isn't right, and like, and Peter is just like he's he's like aimless. And I I have to I have to give props there because it it's the color. Even though I'm I don't think the colors are the best fit for the art. I think it does a good job with the tone of the issue as a whole. And I think that, th- that right now there's a lot of people that are directionless and aimless. And I think that what Wells is trying to do from a, from a storytelling aspect is try to, you know, put Peter Parker in everybody else's shoes. It's a good and point, I think yeah. that I, and, and Tevi, I love your passion, man. You, you've been, you've been one of the comments, but, but like, I think that to, you're trying to make Peter Parker the everyman again, and I, I I do understand what they're doing. It's just because we're coming into the middle of the story, it's frustrating. Yeah, I agree. I agree with because that. Because now we're, I'd now we're much rather have the event happen 
the fallout of the event build off of that. Okay, this is what's happened. Instead of because we just had a four year long arc where Mystery Man and it was a slow burn and I enjoyed it, but like we go back to the Mystery Man element and I'm like, okay, this why it's kindred because the thing it's, it's kindred too. to electric bugaboo in, in some ways and and as much as i loved most of the kindred arc and and i will stand by most of it until the end um to me it's like okay it's one I, issue though it's one issue it, it is just one issue and i this is where i wish it was back to bi-weekly the I fact agree. that back to monthly it's like oh man well it'll it'll be bi-weekly when they sort their stuff out because they they're you can tell they're intending for this to be bi-weekly but you know supply chain stuff whatever is causing massive i'm there i'm curious based on that because the letters page said that the next issue was in two weeks that's what i'm saying and the most recent solicits have two issues of amazing spider-man they fully intend for this to be bi-monthly but it's supply chain or something or uh, there, there's maybe been, there's been creative been team lot. stuff. I don't know, but I think it's more, you know, what's going on in the world right now. Well, I, I also yeah. think that part of that is too. There is there has been a lot of issues this last year because I was talking. And granted, I haven't been to my local comic shop in a, in a little while, but like when I was talking to my local comic shop, they have been having hell getting books on time. Yep, I've I mean, heard that too. Absolute hell. Um, and when I go back in June, I'll talk to my old comic book store. Uh, and and find out how it's been for them, and I and I may reach out to Eddie D'Angelini to see how things are going on his end. He's the owner of Heidi Ho Comics in California. Um, so that I know that's a problem right now. Them switching from ex- the Diamond exclusivity has been an issue. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just there's a lot, and this is fallout from 2020 and 2021. Um. It's also why we don't have the hard numbers. We don't have Diamond's numbers anymore because Diamond's no longer the the, the exclusive distributor. Yeah. In DC's case, uh, we you know they're not at all the distributor. Um, it, it's it's fascinating what's going on behind the scenes with the with supply chain crisis. And, and look, it may be that the the printers are having problems and they can't get parts. Because they're all made overseas, or they're all on a shipping container, and they're stuck in a port somewhere. Um, we just don't know. Like that element of it, okay. Uh, and look, if Nick Lowe and them want to come on here, I am more than happy to have them on the show. I'd love to have them on the show, frankly. Even though it seems like I didn't like this issue, I do like I do like the crime stuff. Like, yeah. give me Romita Junior drawing the rose and tombstone. And that oh, element, like, that, that part I liked that? a lot. I do like that 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 the, there are elements that Wells did pick the baton up. The gen, you know, the Randy Tombstone saga. Uh, the what was the other thing? There was one other thing I thought. Gog. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love that. It was great hearing Gog. I I that was a great follow up. Again, I I will say this. This has felt like the most seamless transition between writers that I've seen in a long time. There was a very hard reset with Spencer and Slot, and I kind of feel like there had to be uh, just because of the nature of the length of Slot's run and trying to follow up and, frankly, fix some of the elements that were wrong. 
Um, and I again, I'm not trying to bash slot, but that that you know the the transition between slot to Spencer, there had to be kind of a hard reset. This is more of a soft reset, and I think it's I think I'm mildly annoyed, but it is first issue issue syndrome. But it's like we're not even in first issue; we're in like issue six, <laughs> first issue, and I think that's probably my biggest annoyance. And and like uh, Mike, uh, still a nerd in the comments section is kind of talking about that. Like, like, you know, we, we have mystery box, you know, we don't, we're in the middle, we're popping in the middle of the story. So I, I think that it'll be different when things start leveling out, we can start talking about multiple issues in an episode. Uh, I'm glad we're not, frankly, I'm glad we're not in a weekly thing. And I know, uh, Paul, all I'm going to say is, uh, go to go get your free comic book day issue. Cause apparently it's setting up the next event for Spider-Man. Um, which will probably be this fall. Uh, Neil, you're yeah, going to say something? Yeah, Neil, go ahead. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for Zach to finish up his thing before I jumped my, in. My bad. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, Vic is like, Zach, please let Neil speak. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been trying to get in there, just and I didn't want to interrupt you, so I kind of held my tongue on that. But um, so ignoring the MJ stuff, which I could, I, I am not like, you know, I am not tied to the book solely on MJ. You know, it takes a lot to kind of, it, there's a lot of moving parts to keep me invested. I'll admit, and to avoid spoiling Paul, I'll just talk about like the roadmap that we have briefly. Part of what miffed me about this issue is that I didn't, is that I don't feel a whole lot of investment in what we have going forward. And therefore it felt very difficult for me to get engaged at the ground floor. Like it, I mentioned earlier, like the, the book kind of indulges in Peter's suffering a little too much for me. Like Peter comes off as kind of unlikable in the scene where he's talking to Randy and the collections guy, the whole like, Oh, everyone hates Peter now. It, like an, like an everybody loves Raymond episode. Um, everybody hates Chris rock. Yeah. Everybody hates Chris. Yeah. But um, there was some stuff I really liked. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Romita jr's, line art but his layouts are phenomenal yep. this is one of those things i think he i think he's kind of lost his touch on like the finer details of line work and scott Hanna kind of carries him on that front in terms of inking it but the way he sets a scene and like uses panel composition to tell a story i could probably read this book without without wells's dialogue boxes over it and i can probably tell you exactly what's happening I think that Romita Jr. hasn't lost his touch a bit in that regard. His his layouts of like that that scene with MJ in the closet and Great Peter trying to talk to her, the lighting he uses and like how he sets like MJ being in the closet, kind of trying to hide herself from whoever's oh, there. Yeah. We know it's all now, but like when you're reading the book and you don't know that, though the way that Romita Jr. frames that shot and how it transitions between the two. I think Romina Jr. does a fantastic job of doing that. Like the the kind of the facial expressions he makes are a little weird. Not not like in that particular page, but like the one where Peter's like doing the kind of like smug grin and tombstones van, like the yeah, yeah. that looks kind of weird for me. But um it was also I, a page we've seen for like four months. Like that, mm -hmm. that's one of the pages they Yeah, I'm, I'm like you didn't you didn't put your best foot forward on that one, so you kind of had me a little nervous going in. But like as far as this is not his worst work, I don't think he'll ever hit the same highs as he did back in the back in the JMS run. I, I know that might be a controversial opinion within like the senior veteran Spider-Man community, but he's definitely with Scott Hannon instead of J instead of uh, Klaus Jansen as his anchor, 
it's definitely much clearer and easier to tell what's going on than it has been for several years, almost a decade now. Um, Listen, I'll say this. Whenever they said it was Hannah, um, I, I breathed a sigh of relief. And I, look, Klaus Janssen did some of his, some of Klaus's best work with Ramita. It was during the Clone Saga. Lost Years is a masterpiece, and it's partially because of him and Klaus Janssen working together so well. Their Daredevil, um, their Daredevil, their Daredevil run is iconic. Daredevil run is phenomenal. But I will say this: I do like the fact that it's no longer end of the world threat. And look, on the Avengers side of things, I'm okay with Peter being on the outs with the Avengers. I am so sick of team up Peter getting Peter getting drug into the Avengers stuff. Like I've been really tired of that in the comics for a long time. I am annoyed about the Fantastic Four stuff, but I'm I'm a kind of of the belief that they're they're gonna they're gonna make up out of everybody and God Almighty, please for the love of God, Zeb, I, I'm just begging you, fucking break break the break the the ice between. May and Peter. May needs to freaking know. I am so sick of May not knowing at this point. It, it needs to happen. And, I, like, and at this point, it is the great is, sin that it is not that has not been corrected. And, and to be, at, at this point, like where, where Peter's like getting dressed down by Aunt May, it's like I'm tired of you lying to me, Peter. Um, I, I hope you'll come to dinner on Saturday, but I won't hold my breath. At this point, it feels like the like it's just dragging the story down, and it feels like. Not like I'm not like I feel depressed and miserable, but like it's like we've kind of we kind of had like a more controlled version of this in Spencer's run when Peter got like fired for plagiarism. Mm -hmm. That and I think it helps that we know what happened. And I wonder like when we learn what Peter did in six months and fifty dollars later, that we'll finally know what Peter did and it might justify Aunt May's anger with him. But it feels like Zeb Wells is kind of indulging a bit too much in Peter's suffering. Well, and, and look, I, I, I think I think the intent of this is to make you feel bad for Peter, and it does a good job. It does. Um, and, and as annoying as I as it is for me, the plot driving the characters, um, Peter is. I, I just when I when I see Peter back down on his luck, I get re- really nervous because I I. As a longtime reader, I remember the reboot. I lived through the reboot. It was awful. Um, and I just don't... In between... It, one more day, brand new day, kind of brought that resentment about that era for me back. And so I'm really struggling when they bring it back a third time. I just don't want it to be... And especially the fact that, that Wells was part of the Webheads... And this whole beating the, the drama of Peter's a loser, he's a loser, he's a loser. Ha ha, look, look at him fuck up miserably. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah like, like he's a loser. And it's like, I'm, I I get really, really tired of that. And Let I Let Javi speak. Let Javi speak. Yeah, Javi, you've been biting your tongue. I have you know, been. <laughs> All right. Let him go. So, like, I get where everybody's coming from on everything because I've probably been there at some point in my Spider-Man fandom. Uh, and having such a break from the character 
because of one more day and coming back with Spencer. Um, right. I've been able to let, maybe let certain things go. Uh, to your recent point about the, the luck and the loser, like I've said it on several podcasts that Spider-Man two kind of gets knocked down for me on repeat viewings. Cause Raimi hits yes. the bad luck thing. So freaking hard. Yes. That it Thank you. Not fun. Yeah. Thank you. And I can't, I, I can't compare what Wells is doing in this first issue with what burn did with that relaunch where he was, homeless and washing dishes and sleeping, you know, in the alleyway with no wife, like with this, with aunt may. Yeah. She's disappointed. Yeah. We don't know why, but I feel like it's not to be, Oh, Peter, you're a loser because we don't know what happened. It feels like this is a problem. We don't know how it became a problem, but now he has to fix it. So like you were saying, like, I, I feel like it's not, Oh, poor, poor Peter. It's, Peter's got to make amends. And how does he do that by getting us back to Aunt May knowing again? Um, and I'll, I'll say this too. It, it feels like there is still a, she's dis. which if you've ever had your parent disappointed in you, it's the worst feeling in the world. It really sucks. And I, and I feel like that they did a good job with that. And it does feel like that Aunt May at least respects Peter in yeah. this scene. And, and I feel like, okay, yeah, he's down on his luck, but he doesn't feel, he didn't feel losery to me in this. I felt like Wells gave him a bit of a backbone, especially the way he confronted Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, and the way his Spider-Man was. Like, if you read, like, like Bendis Ultimate Spidey is different than Bendis 616 Spidey. And there tends to be more of a juvenile aspect to the character when Bendis writes like an adult Peter. But with this, I didn't feel that he was being juvenile when he was fighting the gangsters. It felt more kind of like classic Spidey. He was just kind of having fun with it. He's like, do you want the thwip thwip or do you want this? And and there seemed to be a level of enjoyment and control to what he was doing. Like he was goofing around and taking it lightly at first until things got serious. And I just, it felt that, that like just... Work a fun Spider-Man con. I mean, it wasn't fun, fun, but there are elements of fun to it. And, and I gave it a a B because while I I did enjoy it far more than I thought I was going to a week ago or even Sunday when I was talking with Neil, um, it's not, it's not an A level for me because it's not like what Spencer did. Uh, There wasn't like the celebration. I think this is a harder first issue to get into. If you just get someone here here's a spider-man number one you know i i feel like there's more of an entry point with what spencer did versus what wells did and that's just yep. how they chose to to play it and that's what the hand were dealt and we got to deal with that and move on mm-hmm. I, but i i totally get people's frustration because i've been frustrated too and the last the last way the the last two arcs ended um were not ideal for most people or what they were expecting or what they wanted. And, and I totally understand the, you know, football being taken away again and this, and how, from a certain point of view, that would feel this way. But I I mean, for, for, for people like me, it's twice in the the last year. Yeah. But I don't, you know, know, as a Ben Riley fan, this isn't the end of a story. This is the beginning of a story. So we have somewhere to go. And starting Peter off like this is giving us that place to go to where we, if it all ends horribly, like the last two major storylines did, then yeah, I'll probably be. We all didn't think they all ended horribly. And honestly, oh, sorry. 
but I, I feel like we've, I'm just more intrigued than anything about where we're going to do with the story. And there's something about Ramita's art. And I'm one of those old guys who, who likes Ramita Jr.'s art a lot. Uh, I did it when I was younger, like in the eighties, I, I didn't, he wasn't his dad <laughs> to me, to be mm -hmm. honest, but it, like during the nineties, especially when he was on Peter Parker, like that's when I feel he really hit his stride and I fell in love with him as an artist and, uh, and seeing him back on this, it just, it made it feel more Spider-Man to me. Absolutely. Than the artist felt other than, you know, Bagley stuff in a while, like it felt classic. I understood what was going on and, and that for me also helped me hear Peter's voice in the dialogue. So everything else, I you know, with with MJ and and it's, I'm just waiting C mode and and hopefully, you know, he surprises everybody and it's worth it. You know, you know, Javi, I want to. You actually, I know I love praising you because you're awesome, and so I want to make this very clear Thanks, that. Uh, and it's true. You're, you're an amazing dude. And so, but you, you touched on some, something that I thought was perfect. And I, I've been trying to articulate it, but I'm too dumb to articulate it very well. But you actually said something perfectly. You, cause you said about how we see how things ended with these arcs, but this isn't the, this is not the end. This is the beginning. And so instead of getting, if we were to, if we were started at point A and point B of like with Zach, was everyone's like, bring MJ together. Oh my God. You know, they want MJ and Peter to be together. If they had started them being all living together. And then we ended to like, all of a sudden we have these kids for whatever reason, we have the standpoint of Paul's in the picture or they lead him into this. And we see it from that standpoint. I'd be more on all your guys' sides and understand that. But we're not. We're starting on the other end. We're starting on reverse. We're going backwards. And that to me screams there's we're it's gonna reverse engineer it back to where it needs to be. And so that I thought was very that's a great point, is that we're not we're starting out um a very a very different idea, which again I, and again, Zach, what you've talked about too, that you know, plot should inform you know story. I, for me, to me, a story is a good story. It could be plot driven, character driven. It could be both. I don't give a shit. Like if it's a good story, it's a good story. And if you prefer, you know, character driven stories, that's fair. But for me, at this point, let's just see how it rides out. And I think because of the, I'm frustrated a little bit of the reverse engineering idea. But Javi, you're exactly right. If we were going to this point of leading to Mary Jane having kids or whatever the hell this is, because I don't think these kids really exist in real life. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I highly doubt this is what we think it is or whatever. But if we got, to, we were leading to that point that everyone in the comment section here, I totally get, I understand their hatred for it, but it's not, we're, we're purposely starting at the other end of it to reverse engineer it. And that to me is why it screams. It's, it's a gag. It's just, it's a, it's a cop out. And I think, again, that's why it leads to me to my belief of you're building their relationship by doing this more than taking away from it. And that's why I think if it is longer than six issues, Javi, then it's a giant mistake. And I just I don't think it's going to be quite that. I just don't see how they'd get a lot of I, I, again, unless this is a long term thing for years and, and this is really them breaking up for good, which I, I think anyone can agree that's not the case. If you think that that's fair. But I just think with everything that they everything everything they've shown us, it just there's no way it's gonna be a long telling thing, especially with what they've kind of hinted at and so many different things before this. So and Nick Lowe's been the center of everything. This has all been helping him driving this with beyond. And I feel like if they were if they were purposely gonna be um, taking MJ and Peter away, they'd be spilling that in beyond before 
in, and this would be leading into it more, but it's not. It's an abrupt. Here, I've got kids now. So I, to me, it's just gonna only strengthen their relationship. And again, about your point about Spider-Man Two, that's exactly what I've been saying for years. I've always been super annoyed the fact that like. You know, Peter was like just getting beat on the whole time. And I remember, you know, uh, you know, as the years went on, people said, "Oh, Parker Luck, ha ha." And I remember being thinking, like, I've never thought the Parker Luck. I, I've heard that, and I never thought it was that yeah. extent of like he's just getting like everything was, was all these awful things. I'm like, uh, no, but that's just me. But yeah, I wait w- really well, well done of you to say those things. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. Please, please let Adam go, Adam. <laughs> And then Neil, and then I'm I'm gonna kind of start <laughs> the wrapping up of the. Uh... Do we want to do solicits? No, because no, Paul's here and he. Because Paul stuff. doesn't want to do solicits. Okay. I'll leave. It's fine. I'll leave. It's fine. I don't care. We don't need to do solicits. Um, yeah. we'll do that solicits. later. Solicits are for the week. Um, well, well, I want to know all, before I buy it. First of all, I, I disagree on Spider-Man 2, but that's a completely different topic that I'll save for later. Uh, we okay. Um, listen, I want to do a, a comment. I've, I've, I've said I've said other places. I think you know how I feel about that movie, uh, and I now I can't really remember what I said, but I I think I was fairly somewhat profound. But regardless, uh, or not profound, but I think I made somewhat of a good point. But whatever, uh, I think it, I think it still is. Uh, a good a good one there's there are facets to you know i i get like the whole oh he gets beat down but i think you kind of need to beat him down so the the ending uh hits harder but anyway um how do i feel about the issue uh the art the art is good the art is great great layouts like neil said there are many great layouts i love that page where um tombstones like I think I just closed it. Tombstone's like any questions or whatever, and everyone's just like looking all dejected. That was great. Uh, Peter flopping down on the bed is great. The you know the whole phone call closet thing, great lighting and all. The that. layouts are great, absolutely. The layouts are impeccable, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, as for the story, I I definitely agree with Javi. This is I don't. <laughs> This isn't as good of a um, of a number one as the Spencer number one was, because the Spencer number one didn't really start in media res like this one does, which is I, I believe is the term. You know, like kind of in this one. This is starting like it's a fallout from a big thing, so we're kind of in the middle, and now we have to see what is going on, which is gonna. Maybe we, you know, well, first we have to see what happened, and we also have the the big villain coming up. So it's like, okay, well, whatever. Um, the Mary Jane kid kids thing, that's it's bait, but you know, whatever. It'll it won't be as bad as everyone thinks. Like they're not, you know, <laughs> you don't you don't have you know four year olds uh, out of nowhere without you know some kind of shenanigans. Peter, Peter did whatever Peter did probably messed up the timeline. And now we have some kind of, I don't know. It's, it's fantastic for shenanigans. You know, we, we have that it's set up for us already. Um, in the issue with uh, Johnny talking about it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Wait and see. 
I'm not I'm not like angry at the issue. I just thought it it's I mean it's definitely a beginning. I don't think it's as strong of a beginning as that first Spencer issue. Uh but what I appreciate is that we're following up on all the stuff that Spencer laid out before in his run and before he left. All that stuff is still in play, hasn't been forgotten. Uh would I prefer if it was mostly just um, at the end of Beyond, Peter and Mary Jane move in together, and then all of a sudden they're like living together a bit happily. And Peter's like, "Okay, maybe I'm finally going to propose." But I have this gang war stuff going on; it's really stressing me out, and it's maybe putting a strain a bit on their relationship. Would that be a bit better and maybe a little more interesting? Sure, but that's you know, that's not what we're getting. Maybe we're going to get that later. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. We just have to wait and see. Oh, okay. Um, so it it might also be like oh, sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Neil. Uh, I'll let you go, and then I'm gonna. Okay. So first of all, I'm glad that, I'm glad that Javi and I got to rep off after the two hour mark. Um, but to, to kind of build off of like you know Adam talk about the mystery because I because I respect Adam on this one. Um, it might just be that I'm kind of tired of mystery boxes. Like, you know, we, we had Kindred going on for 50-plus issues, and now we And then we had the mystery of what the Beyond Corporation was doing, and then we have all these other mystery boxes going on at Marvel right now. And I think, t- to me, this kind of just felt like, oh, look, another mystery box that we have to solve. It'll be solved in, like, 50 issues. And maybe Paul's right, it'll be wrapped up in, like, six. But, you know... It, it, at some point, I think I just got worn out from mystery boxes. The stuff that like actually progressed the plot, like the the Randy Tombstone stuff, I really liked that. I think that agreed. I think that the Randy uh, that that Randy's interaction with Tombstone did a great job, along with that meeting that Tombstone had with the other crime bosses. It did a great job of setting up Tombstone going soft, and the consequences of that, like his house getting blown up in Harlem. And Tombstone going, okay, time for war. Um, I thought that was a great way to show Tomb. That it was a great time together of those subplots, and it might affect Randy's relationship with Janice going forward. I'm interested to see how that how that particular subplot plays out. Now, granted, I'm not a huge fan of the what did Peter do in uh, Pennsylvania subplot. Maybe he blew up Dunder Mifflin Scranton or something. I don't know, but. The it's weird because like the crime stuff that you know what I think it is what he blew I, I think that pause. Paul is no 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 I think I, I think I just figured it out Pennsylvania who's in Pennsylvania it's not Kim Shooter it's not it's not Gail's family Gail yeah yeah Gail's there. I don't think it's Gail. Yeah, Mary Jane's family though is in Pennsylvania. They're not in York. She, but I, I, I think that's York, that's Gail's boyfriend. Oh. And maybe MJ has MJ has to adopt Gail's kids, and well, that's why she's how mad. How many kids did Gail have? Because last time she only had two boys. Gail, Gail didn't have a not daughter. A she, only had, she only had two sons. It's not that. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's and but, they were way older than this at that point. It's got to be like what if she Christy had two more kids. Miguel dropped them there. It could, it could be Christy's kids. Fuck you, take these kids. I mean, and, and MJ has to adopt Christy's kids. You know what I mean? Like that 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 would be a twist. That'd be interesting. That would be that would be a and if. Christy got caught in the crossfire. That's a deep cut, and I would I would appreciate something like that. Like I, I'm not gonna even lie. Like that that would be pretty fascinating to me. It MJ being the surrogate mom. Like, it, it might also just be that, like you know, I don't. I'm gonna go with Occam's razor and just say that they're Paul's kids, and MJ's been around long enough that they just see her as their mom figure. That's kind of just my go-to based off context clues. But what do I know? I, I, listen, I mean, they never have explored um, MJ's miscarriage. Uh, to me, that would be a very interesting way of going about things, and I wouldn't be a, opposed to it. I've said before, this is a, I. A lot of the kid stuff is foreshadowing. I'm I'm curious what Adam and 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 Neil and and Javi think about that. But to me, the the thematic thing of kids. There's been little 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 snippets of of, of again the Mayday thing from again when Spencer's run ended, and you have the um, there's a timeless comic book with Kang. There's, there's a Mary Jane in a Spider Man costume, and like you know, it appears to be Mary Jane. You know, there's there's. There are seeds being planted now. Beyond is the one is a caveat or the the outlier because it was kind of meant to fill in space, and and, and that's again no one get deep into that. But mm -hmm. I do think there's a with this kids in in the in the in the in the book, it sets up that theme of kids, and I'm curious if you guys all would see that too because I I I don't think that's again the marriage the kid idea the her of of these kids calling Mary Jane mom. And with the Fantastic Four shenanigans, there's something there, and I, I do. And again, maybe I'm I could be wrong, completely wrong, but there just seems to be something that they've been hinting at a little bit, and I feel like this could be it. And I I agree. I think that exploring the miscarriage thing is is definitely uh, eventually, maybe not in Zeb Wells, but there will be a time in the in the next five years that they will take they, that i think there will be a spider girl that peter parker will be like i've said before javi will love this superman and lois lane in that cw show and the jonathan ken idea there's going to be that moment for peter parker i again i promise you that's coming spider verse all that stuff has cement has has only confirmed that for me so and everything they've been they've done since then, and I feel like this is just foreshadowing the kid idea. I'm not sure what they're going to do with it, but it's definitely coming at some point. I mean, that's that's great. I'm just not sure if I'm willing to pay like forty dollars. But here's the good news: you don't have to. You can do Marvel Unlimited and read it that way. Okay. I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, that's the beauty of, yeah. of digital comics. Like, you don't or have we'll to buy. You are digital copies. Well, no, but I mean, but I'm saying, like, but, but I know what Neil is saying. I know what you're saying, Neil. Like, well, I don't want to spend the money for it. Well, you don't have to. You can get Marvel Unlimited and read it that way. I mean, like, if you are that upset about it, and then that you personally, but people are that upset about it and they don't want to spend the, the money, which I totally respect. And, you know, I've done that too with comics I don't like, that I'll just read it on Marvel Unlimited. 
Nothing wrong with that. Well, I know. I'm also I'm also just thinking about like the the time sink. Not like you know having to sit down for like an hour, but like you know wait like six months to a year to get resolution to this plot point. And I get I get that's the point of like comics, but you know, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe I'm just being a meanie bobini, and I and I'm. No, never, never feel you're being a meanie bobini for telling how you feel, bro. Like that's the thing, and, and I'm just, I'm just spitballing because I, I, I understand like your, your frustrations. You want it to be the way you want it to be, and that's how. And I trust me, I. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in being passionate. I'm just saying for like the things that you're you're upset about, I think are valid. But there's but there's ways out of it that you can still enjoy the book. Or and again and again, not for this maybe again, not you right now at this moment because you're paying. We're, we're we're podcasting about it. But if you are one of those people, there are things for you to get. I think money wise to save money on that. You know, and I think hobbies. You know, you talked. We I, we talked about it a little bit. You know, I was like, dude, why just go on? You know, you just read on Marvel Unlimited, the JMS stuff. You know, like you know, you didn't buy it back in the day. But that's uh, no, if yeah, but you did it, <laughs> crazy man. But no, yeah. I, I. But yeah, Neil, I don't want to think you're you're not a meanie bobini at all for that at all. I, and I, I think that your opinions are very one hundred percent like on the money as far as like what your frustrations at. And like, I'm just saying there there are outs for that for people. Um, and I think and I, I think it's also just been like you know this is for me I I'd argue like if you if you're counting beyond I don't know if you can, if Zach counts beyond but like for some of us this is probably like the third or fourth time we've been kind of like oh here's this mystery that we're doing and it's like you know at some point like you know I'm not I, you, you saw I do that throughout Spidey's history I mean Hobgoblin yeah. is a good example Green Goblin yeah Green Goblin. I do I want to say though about the mystery I. I feel like I don't know. Do we do we need a an overarching mystery? It's one issue. It's yeah. one. We don't. We, we, is it, is it going to be a mystery if it lasts like four or five issues? I mean, that's my point. I mean, if it goes on yeah. for like four years, then yeah, I, well, I, don't, think, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to go for four years. But I don't I, I, think I'm being exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. Yeah, but, I, I'm, but I think it could go for a little longer than the arc. But we'll see. You know, it, it's honestly, it I, I kind of get the feeling. That, that Wells will probably wrap his run up, if not by 950, by 1,000. He's not getting, he's he's not not getting, getting 100. He's not getting 100 issues. He's not getting 100 issues, man. He, he's got a year. He's got a year planned out, and I think right now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, I... I that's how I feel. I, I think Nick Spencer was an was was a special case because he was such a lover of the of the character, and he probably pitched him a giant art over you know a huge thing, and probably you know had you know they probably had ways of you know everything kind of planned out. I don't know if Zev. I don't think they have that, and especially it burned him too, right? Because what happened with Spencer? He we right. jumped off and like at the pivotal part. Or something happened. Whatever happened wasn't good because yeah. it's. I mean, I mean, and I think it's subjectively what happened, you know. But there's obviously something that happened that, at the very end because he didn't even talk about Nick Spencer at the end of the book. He wrote the goddamn book for like yeah. four years. So yeah, I mean, that, there, okay, there's there is something there, and I think that that just added fuel to the fire. I agree for people's cons conspiracy theories, and I'm gonna unhide myself because. And it, and it could also be, and and part of it might also be that I kind of had my heart set on Jed McKay as the writer, and you know, kind of just going, and going, he should in, be, he going, should going, going, he should going be. In. 
I liked his voice for Peter and I wanted that going forward. And now that we're getting like, you know, kind of this other voice for uh, Spider-Man and the world around him, I might, I might also just be set in like, I wanted this and I didn't get it. So I'm kind of a little bitch. That's baby fair. Listen, if, if Wells goes 50 issues, that's almost two. That's probably going to be around two years. Assuming, um, assuming the supply chain logistics and shit. Right. Percent. Right. Yeah. If he goes 55 issues, Per se, I don't know. If he, I I don't think he goes. I, I think issues. that's a great run. I think that that would be a really quality run. And if you want to bring McKay in for, for you know the build up to the run to a thousand, I'm down. Look, look, I, I, Wells did a good job on him, outside of the final issue. Uh, for me, and even he did a good job about, during Beyond. His 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 his. his you know, the, really, the only ones that that I did not genuinely like was, and this is no fault of her own, was the Kelly Thompson stuff, uh, and and the Ahmed stuff kind of left me cold. But that's just because Ahmed just leaves me cold as a writer anyway. Um, I've heard people gush about him, and I just, I, it his stuff does not grab me in the ways that even Cody Ziegler did. I mean, Cody, listen, I I would love to see a spectacular Spider-Man book where you have guys like McKay and Ziggler and, and, you know, doing things that kind of tie into the book, kind of like what they did with the neighborhood friendly neighborhood. But like, let's make it. I am. So, I'm so sick of relaunches. Uh, this gets me into another rant, but, oh, but like, I remember what I wanted to say, I remember what I want to say. I'm so sorry, Zach. This should have been 94. They did. I, I know that they relaunched it because Marvel wants to make money and, and it get a number one gets them hot sales. But frankly, considering how, how this is, carrying off of Spencer's run and kind of beyond this should have been amazing Spider-Man number 94. I, I am so ready to stop relaunching and that also, and, and that's not fair to Zeb Wells. He's not in the marketing department. It's not even fair to, 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 um, to Nick Lowe because he's not in the marketing because marketing has their things, and why relaunch Spider-Man back to number one? Because it makes it makes Marvel money. Because it gets it's it's an easy jumping on point. As long as they keep the legacy numbering on the tight on the covers, it's fine. But so help me God, we get to a thousand. Doing what DC DC did it right with action and detective. You get to you get to a thousand on Fantastic Four. To me, there's about five books that they, they need to, they always need to keep the legacy number. They're numbering. Spider Man, Fantastic Four, Cap, Iron Man, and uh, uh, Cap, uh, Iron Man, Avengers, um, maybe Hulk, and Hulk. Like six books. Those six books should keep their legacy numbering and just. You know, um, put a shiny number one on the on the other corner to signify at the start of a new a new team, whatever. But you know, action comics and detective comics having their original numbering, it's the right thing to do. Okay, Uncanny X Men, I, I mean, but that that's all convoluted at this point. I I, I don't even how know it's how you get to count. What's that? I said that's impossible to count. You need a With flow chart. What they did in it and all the different. Yeah, that'd be 
I wouldn't want you, that to happen. on anyone. And like, do you and do you count like regular X Men and Uncanny or together, or do you count even though they weren't they were two separate ones? And then, you know, X Men X Men is the most headache inducing brand ever. <laughs> it, it is this the is absolute why, worst parts of comics. This is why they stopped putting the volume numbers in the indicias on the inside of the, the books. <laughs> right, because it would be absurd. I mean, this is volume six. Isn't, Cap but, on, isn't Captain America on like volume eight now? Eight or nine. Oh, so, Christ. Uh, all right. I, it is two minutes until 10 p.m., <laughs> And uh, that's part of the reason Greg had to leave because he's got to be up for work in the morning. And I guess we has to be up at four thirty. This guy. You. So let's get you. Let's get you to bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. It's. Uh, I'm about. I'm about turning into a pumpkin. I'm a Cinderella. Um. All right. All right. So, um, I'm gonna let people pimp their stuff. Uh, start with Javi. Tell us what we have the next couple issue. Uh, next couple episodes for ASM Classics. Stop it, Zach. <laughs> Stop it. Well, coincidentally, uh, episode one of Amazing Spider-Man Classics dropped this week, late last night, early this morning, depending on your time zone, which, um, you know, happens to be the week that Amazing Spider-Man number one comes out. And uh, in this episode, Jack and I discuss Amazing Spider-Man one and two, which it's features, not like we planned that, by the which way. features <laughs> Johnny Storm, who also happens to make an appearance in today's Amazing Spider-Man number one. Oh. Uh, so we've got that uh, out today for your listening pleasure. And then we're pretty much doing two episodes or two issues, uh, an episode. So next time we'll be talking three and four and then five and six and so on and so forth. So we've recorded up to issue eight, I think. That's awesome. So yeah, we'll be carrying on with that is jack uh, bored of the issues is overall is, 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 that, is that the spoiler alert should i, I need to listen first you, you got to listen to find out to what what he thinks all right all right i'm gonna yeah. listen to the first episode all right all right, all right. I, i'm gonna yeah, oh, yeah. Good, call, good call good call but so so yeah i'm just i'm living in that little corner of retro spider-verse and uh in the meantime you know doing some other research in the like early 2000s Spider-Man, maybe featuring a particular artist that we've been talking about all night. Oh yes, and maybe I'll leave that to Paul. To, to oh yes, about. oh yes, oh yes. And you can follow me right. at Javi True or at ASM underscore Classics on Twitter. All right, uh, Paul, looking for two on the comic. Oh, well, Mister Robot, I will tell you what's on the comic binge. Um, <laughs> So uh, I just had an awesome episode yesterday with uh, Michael Bailey from uh, Fortress of Baileytude, uh, Views from the Long Box fame. Uh, he is very much a hero of mine podcasting. He's one of my favorite podcasters. Love him. We had a blast talking about Superman Earth 1 yesterday, and it was so much fun. Uh, next month, The Binge has got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, next week, we're going to be re uh, reviewing uh, Tim Seeley's Robins miniseries. Adam will be joining us from the show. Adam, very excited to have Adam on the show. 
uh, return of the show. And then we've got, um, after that, an uh, indie, indie comic book called uh, Cult Girls. And then after that, we have, um, we're going to start an Infinite Crisis binge. And then uh, after that, we have Batman Ego. We have Donovan uh, Grant from Carl Space fame uh, on there. And, and also Clone Saga, Chron- or Close- Clone Saga Chronicles, excuse me. Sorry, Zach. And ASM Classics. It's some classics over yeah so yeah so he's i'm really excited you know i've been bugging him to come on for a lot a long time and then he'll he'll be coming on that for ego uh and then we have the return of the spider-man council we had a blast last it, it, it was so much fun it's and the video's done pretty well um and i think it shows it's because it's, it's it's great time and uh, just to kind of show people what they're missing uh if you if you know what this is then you're a G. So uh, all I got is so <laughs> this is uh, yeah. the old the old gavel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're, as Javi kind of hinted at it, we're going to be reviewing uh, the first kind of run of you know up to what volume three of the uh, JMS um, JRJR comic books, and it's going to be a very again comic binge. We're, we're under or just a little over an hour, as Adam likes to say, over an hour. And it's going to be pretty hot and concise. But we're going to talk about, you know, this kind of overall view of that uh, of that kind of, I think, now legendary run of the character. So um, I'm really excited. Uh, future episodes of the uh, of Spider-Man Council will be will be uh, coming hopefully soon or a- afterwards. Uh, Zach will hopefully be able to stay awake uh, that late for us. Um, you know, it's why we can only Dude, do it once a month. That was so brutal. I, but I am, I think I am. <laughs> I think if we're doing it on the thirtieth. 31st. Oh, was it 31st? Okay. We start earlier. I'll start. I'll try to start earlier Listen, for you. Listen, I'm available. Just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. But but no, one of the things I do hope to do, and, and we, uh, we may be streaming this duel on both the Comet Binge YouTube page. We're, yes. We, I think we're, we're going to kind of do the first simultaneous live stream. We'll do we'll uh, whatever you want to do. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, where we're on here, but also on the comment bench. So if you have not subscribed to the comment bench YouTube channel, please do that now. Uh, and if you're watching us from the comment bench YouTube channel, welcome. Uh, it's just we're trying to grow both channels, and yeah. if we can kind of, you know, uh, pat each other on the back, so to speak, uh, why not? Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I am. Uh, I, I am excited to use this sound though for the next episode. Please. Come on, it's yeah, it, it, it works. It, it works, and 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 don't and people. It will do a. It will do a simulcast, whatever for for, for comment binge and, and for for anything Spider-Man related from the comment binge and when Zach's on or, or Adam even or again when yeah. Adam's on or whatever Neil uh, or Javi. But we'll, I'll end up on this: is that uh, the slot debates will definitely be on potentially both channels at the same time, and it'll be. It'll be interesting. The sound debates are coming at some point. Yes, they are I, coming I, at some I, point. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to schedule you, motherfuckers. You guys aren't easy. So, so okay, but, Neil, you know who my boss is. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta clear it through her. <laughs> but okay, Paul, do I need to do I need to call your family and no, say hey? No, I, I, I have a little less. Not, not saying Sarah's strict, but from my, I have a, we have a little bit more of a set schedule. It's easier for us. So, uh, you guys have a little more, a little more chaotic life. You know, not, not in a bad way, but just your life got more, more moving parts than we do. So. Like the help me sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just go where I'm told now. I just. Sure. 
<laughs> you understand me. Bobby understands it too. Like you just go where you're told. Um, but Adam, um, you got anything coming up that you want to promote, pimp? Well, it's something that just passed, and I'm not really, I'm not really involved. I mean, I'm involved because I go. But uh, basically, okay, there's a there's a local con in town that just happened called San Diego Comic Fest. And it's a rip-roaring success. Uh, they try to mimic the early days of San Diego Comic-Con, where it was, you know, not 200,000 people. It was just kind of like in a hotel, you know, lobby, basement thing. And you got to kind of hang out with the creators and just have a good time. And uh, that just happened. I don't run it. I know the guy who runs it. He works his ass off doing it uh it's a lot of work and it's always a fun time very successful um i they're doing it it, they came back that they did it 2020 right before all the lockdowns happened this is the first year back it was a great success very chaotic but very fun and rewarding peter david was just there uh jim kruger's there uh you know who else is there? I don't know. All, all these kind of... They, they did 100 years of Star Trek, which Paul is very happy about, probably. Paul um, <laughs> would give a shit about Star Trek. Coffee and I are the Star yeah. Trek ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, so check that out and at uh, sdcomicfest.org, I believe, and just you know keep tabs on it and look into the next one because it's always fun. Just figured I'd get the word out on that because it's just... It's a, it's a good... It's a very good, um, low-key, but very rewarding convention to go to, um, to just, you know, meet fans and meet creators and talk with them. And yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Um, okay. And finally, back to Neil. Tell us about your new project again. So you guys can follow you guys can follow me, hint you should follow me at um Quillsniv on Twitter and uh youtube.com slash quillsniv for uh my archive streams. And you can catch me live on twitch.tv.com or twitch.tv slash quillsniv. Um we recently just started uh my playthrough on Destiny 2 the Witch Queen, which I've been promising for about a month, but I finally got around to doing it. Um we're testing out the new uh, Void 3.0 and soon to be, I believe, Arc 2.0 in the next season. Um, I'm hoping in the next couple days to go and go and talk about the recent Halo Infinite stream that came out actually today uh, regarding season two of their live service. Uh, and finally, um, like I said earlier, I'm putting together my own crack team of analysts and uh, weirdos for uh books of x where we will be taking a look at the very controversial yet oddly successful run of x-men and its surrounding satellite titles by jonathan hickman and his uh x board i was a little delayed but i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) well okay of course we've got uh start kind of sort of wrapping the show up but uh, i'll tell you when you know, whenever the music starts, but uh, I am so excited about all the new projects we've got going on. We got more episodes of Voices from the Eerie. Now, this episode coming out Friday, but in two weeks, we got Jonathan Frakes. Huge episode, uh, just blows my mind that we were able to snag him. 
uh, more incredible guests on Voices from the Eerie. I wish Greg could stay to the end, but he couldn't. But uh, check out Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Huge, huge shout out to him. Um, but I also want to pimp and highlight and talk about the next episode of Make My Mayday. It's the second half of our season two finale. A uh, last planet standing will start season three in late May. Uh, but I also want to highlight next episode. In a couple weeks, we're going to have an interview with Sean O'Connell. He is the writer of a book about the Spider-Man film situation. And I'm really looking forward to picking his brain, talking about Spidey on film. And uh, that's going to be in a couple of weeks on the 11th of May. So stay tuned for that. I don't know if it's going to be pre-recorded or if we're going to do it live yet. Not quite sure. I'm still hammering out the small details on that, but really looking forward to that. I do. We do know that we are doing the uh, we are doing the episode uh, on that Wednesday. So if he's game for doing it live, we'll be taking your questions as well. So uh, I'll put more information in the uh, on the front page of spidey-do.com uh, this weekend. So. Uh, the book is available for pre-order, so it's not out yet, but it's available for pre-order on Amazon.com. Um, he, he also did a Snyder Cut uh, book, so about how the Snyder Bros basically uh, got the, the Snyder Cut made. So he's a he's a film critic and he's he's a longtime author, so it's not like he's just some dude. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited, looking forward to that. He. Uh, uh, to, to talk to you about about the book and and I, I jumped forward i was like hey let's do it you know it's a spider-man book i'm a spider-man show let's roll so um really looking forward to that um and then we'll probably be back in a fo- another two weeks from there uh to pick up issue two so it's going to be about a month before uh between now and uh the next like true episode of spider experience but i hope you'll enjoy what we got coming up forward uh such a great month uh, this week though crazy week we had asm classics yesterday we had uh sabi Sima on monday today and then tomorrow we'll be doing last planet standing uh the mc2 event uh that kind of wraps up the first volume of spider girl for us and in general, the MC2. So really, really exciting. The last, unfortunately, the last of Pat Olive that we'll see on Oh shit. Art <laughs> Sorry. I did not mean to say that loud. My kneecap just popped. Oh crap. Neil, you always just Tourette's yourself at the end of episodes. <laughs> so all right, with that, uh, we'll wrap it up. Got some new, uh, some new tunes as we wrap up the episode. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Spidey Radio, uh, at Spidey Facebook, Instagram, YouTube.com/slash Spidey Be sure to let us know uh, how we're doing. Like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. If you want your voice to be on the show, you can always eight one eight nine two five six one. Give us an email at Spidey Radio Network at Gmail. Once again, I want to thank our listeners for participating in this live episode. Audio listener, once again, I apologize. Days and comments live on the program, but guys, next time here on Zach, turn down the music.
Spidey Dude Radio Network as Neil screams at me. So, no one heard my apology. Okay. So, let's try that again for those that didn't hear me since I had the music up too loud. All right. Thank you for watching. Thank you if you're an audio listener. Once again, listening to the episode. Uh, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast catcher. Uh, we apologize for visual aids and things like that in the live comments. But be sure to check us out on YouTube and Facebook. YouTube.com slash Network. Uh, Spidey Dude Network on Facebook. At Spidey Dude Radio on Twitter. Once again, that voicemail line. If you want your be on the program, is 818-925-6631. See you next time here on the Spidey Dude Experience.